0: You are now
1: listening to the Q&E Podcast. Is this what you want? Huh? Is this what you want? I'm get
0: in again, damn it. What's up, everybody? You are listening to the Q&E Podcast, and you're here with your boy Q Hicks right now. And I got Edgar on the other line. Edgar, tell the people what's good.
1: What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Q&E Podcast. We got a lot coming for y'all today, man. We got basketball news. March Madness is right around the corner. We got some NBA, NFL topics for y'all. And y'all know we coming with the entertainment, current events, and everything else. We got a pretty good week for y'all.
0: Yes, sir. If this is your first time listening, we do have five segments. We have our sports segment, Two Wild Wednesday. Social media wants to know entertainment and current events and past the OX. So definitely stick with us throughout this whole episode, and y'all already know what we're jumping into first. We're not going to bury the lead. First thing we have to talk about is that John Morant situation, bro. That was the first thing and the biggest thing that happened this week because it's something that we've honestly never seen before just in front of everybody's eyes in the public view. So if you haven't seen it uh, during this past week, I don't know the specific day. I think it was over this uh, weekend. John Morant was on Instagram Live where he was at a nightclub where he brandished a gun on social media. He showed it off. And everybody on social media obviously went into a frenzy because we never see that before with an NBA player, especially somebody at the top of their game like John Morant. And over this past week, he's been investigated. He he hasn't been suspended. He's just been away from the team, they say. But he hasn't played over this past week. They say he's not going to play for the next four games. Apparently, they've just been investigating him, trying to see if he brought this gun on the team plane, uh, what he was doing with the gun in the first place. Like, it was just so much that was going on with this entire situation. But Edgar, what was your reaction when you first saw this for the first time?
1: My genuine reaction was, "You just got to be smarter, bro." Like, and I've said this before. I'm not gonna sit here and try to say Josh trying to be somebody he's not because we don't know who this boy grew up around. We don't like, man. Honestly, the bro, like, 23 years old. We don't know who this man grew up around. We don't know the type of friends he got. People love saying, "Hey, you have the, you had a two parent household, and like, you got all these family pictures on social media." I'm telling y'all right now, that don't mean nothing. You can be in whatever type of lifestyle you want to be in if that's what you are in. So I'm not going to sit here and say job ain't this or whatever, but he has to be a lot smarter than this. You can't be at the superstar level that you are at making these kind of mistakes. And it's not like these are people in your camp doing this. You are associated with the last two or three headlines that have come up about you. That Pacers incident with the red beam pointing at the team bus and whatnot. People were saying you were in the car. Now, there was no photo evidence. Like, it was all just speculation. But people are going as far to say you are involved in this stuff, not just the people you are cool with or hang around with. And with the Instagram Live video, I see you. And if it's not you holding the gun, the gun is by your face. So whether it's literally you holding it or somebody else, you're associating yourself with it so deep to the point of where we have to look at you. I know everybody is saying, like, he needs to better the people who are around him, but Ja has to make sure he's in a right-hand space, too, not just the people around. You can fix the people around you all you want, but if you still aren't right, then that's where you have a problem. Like, you're a father, bro. Like, you have all these father-daughter moments on court. We know you a good dude. You got this Nike contract. Who knows what other deals you could have had, like, before this moment happened. Not saying he can't still get some, but don't hinder yourself too soon. Don't put this look on who you are too soon. We seen with AI, AI was like really in stuff, you know, coming into the league. Before he he came into the league, yeah. Before he came into the league. So it was, AI was trying to shake that look off of him his whole career. You didn't come in the league with this type of look. You just now are getting to the point to where you're building this persona that we haven't known you to be. So my genuine reaction was, Just be smarter, bro. Like, I'm not going to try and tell you what you are and what you aren't. But if you are like that, because who is somebody we always associate gang culture with? John Wall. John Wall throws up blood signs after every basket, at at least the first seven to eight years of his career. I don't know what the man do now because nobody pays attention to John Wall for real at this point. Hold on, hold on.
0: Have respect for John Wall, bro. You ain't just going to talk about my man like he, like, come on, it's still John Wall, bro.
1: No, but, like but I'm saying, relax. like in terms of in terms of highlights and superstars, like yeah, how much yeah, 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 how yeah. much John Wall content do you I just didn't like how kind of you mind? said it, but I get
0: what you're saying. No, I just no, no, no
1: my my bad. It. Like we respect John Wall, don't get it wrong. Like, <laughs> but he he did that throughout his entire early half of his career, at least. But there was nothing attached to his name other than him throwing up the signs. Like there were no rumors of this. There was none of this. Blah blah blah. So with Ja, you just got to be smarter, bro. You you got to be smarter.
0: And honestly, my biggest takeaway from this whole situation is how people have been trying to give him passes, honestly, throughout this mm-hmm. situation. And that was something that was so major to me and so weird to see. It feels like everybody was trying to blame the media. Oh, the media has been paying this narrative of Ja of him nah. trying to be a thug. When that doesn't make sense, he's doing it to himself. Nobody exactly. is paying this narrative for Ja. Nobody is giving Ja this gun and telling him to put it on social media. Nobody is uh, creating these stories about Ja. He's doing this to himself. He's putting himself in these situations. Everybody's saying he got to change his circle. Everybody's saying the media got to lay off of him. Everybody's questioning, oh, the, if the gun was legal and all this other bullshit. When that doesn't matter, bro. It's about the optics, bro. You are an NBA player at the top of your game, an MVP candidate, and you're at a nightclub with a gun on Instagram live? Why are you even on Instagram like, bro, you should be living low key. You don't even need, a, be, need to be a part of that life. You can have fun outside of this shit. You know what I'm saying? Like, And I think that's something that players realize throughout their careers. Like, man, I really don't need this nightlife. I'm going to just stay in the crib. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's a way safer environment. I'm just with my people. And we, you know what I'm saying, we're just having a good time. I feel like, feel like nothing happens when you're outside, like past a certain time, especially when you're in the league, bro. Like nothing ever happens, right? And this was a situation that happened. But it was just so weird how people were trying to make excuses for him about if the gun was legal, the media is doing this. Oh, they're trying to tarnish his legacy. When Ja Morant has done all of this himself, nobody told him to tweet out. Oh, you uh, what what did he tweet out, bro? You should see how hollows feel. feel. Nobody is telling him to tweet that like he he wants to make this persona for himself. And all of these stories have been coming up over the past few weeks about Ja. And then you do this. It feels like he wanted to feed into the narrative that he was building himself by doing this. I feel like he knew what he was doing by doing this. Like everybody mm-hmm. else is acting like this was an accident when I truly think he did it on purpose. Like he knew what he was doing. He wasn't drunk and didn't know what he was doing, bro. Ja knew what he was doing because throughout these past past year at least, it feels like he wants to give off this the quote unquote persona, bro. It just feels like that's the energy he's been giving off. And we're seeing it show up in these recent articles and recent videos and nobody's telling him to do
1: this. Because according to Ramona Shelburne and Liz Merrill from ESPN, they they wrote the article on the Colorado investigation. It says Colorado is an open carry state, although there are exceptions to the law, including the carrying of a firearm on federal property. It is illegal in Colorado to possess a firearm while under the influence of alcohol. So that was a big reason about the investigation, even if he wasn't drunk to where he wasn't coherent of anything, they weren't investigating of whether or not he was intoxicated. Plus, I believe it is an NBA rule you can't bring you it on a flight. Aren't allowed to have a firearm. You can't bring it on a flight, and you can't take it on. You can't take it with you on team business, aka a game or a team event that you're going to or something like that. So he would have been in trouble either NBA wise or state wise.
0: And this and this goes back to the Gilbert Arenas thing that happens happened like I don't I forgot what year it was twenty years 20, ago, 2009, 2010, or whatever. When he ended up bringing the gun to the locker room, he ended up getting suspended fifty games. And I heard a, a Gilbert Arenas uh, podcast. He was talking about that situation. How it's not it's not a certain amount of time that you get. They just gave him fifty games because they were trying to really like, like really force mm-hmm. players to understand. Like, hey, that's a no no. Fifty set games is a big thing. They're trying to set an example with him. So it's not really a standard. But I was hearing that same type of thing about Ja. If he was to be found guilty of bringing the the gun on the team plane, uh, bringing it to team business. So I was hearing that same type of thing. So I don't know how he got the gun if he's going to come back in a few games because Woj or Shams ended up coming out and saying that he's going to be back in four games. So I'm assuming that he didn't bring it on the team playing and he was cleared of all of that. But I don't know how he got the gun in the first place.
1: Yeah, he he was clear. The investigation with Colorado, that investigation is done. Like they nipped it in the bud due to insufficient evidence. So the Colorado thing, he's clear at this point. Mm-hmm. But when it comes to the team playing and all that, they haven't really given but any still, more details about that. But
0: this this is how I'm tripping, bro. Because I'm I'm surprised he's not losing sponsors because of this. Because look yeah. at what happened. Look at what happened. Nike to got Kyrie. his back. And, and Nike has his back. How? Why does Nike have his back? Is why I'm tripping like not not saying that I want him to lose his money but why he had a gun on social media for example if Kyrie Irving had a gun on social media Oh he be my out the goodness. league. Kyrie he's, was damn to be out the out league, of the bro. League. You <laughs> niggas already don't like Kyrie, and you gonna have him show a gun on social media. But Kyrie posts the leak that had everybody in a tizzy, and oh, he loses all of these sponsorship deals. He's going through this whole situation with the Nets. But John Morant has a gun on social media, showing it off, and he gets—he just gets a week off, basically. And he didn't even really talk to the media yet. Like he hasn't even explained himself. And he's going to be back in four games. Loses no sponsorships. Nike has his back. Like Cap, all Cap did was take a knee, and he's. St- oh, I, I guess he still kept his the sponsorship deal with Nike. But everybody else left Cap for the most part. But he had a gun, and nobody nobody left him, bro. That,
1: that is crazy tell you a to lot. me. That's to tell you a lot about these leagues, bro. There are a certain issue because how many times do we talk about the fact Miles Bridges, for example, you would think Miles Bridges would be in a in a much more visible doghouse than what he is. That man finna come back and play for the Hornets. He already didn't get locked up. And I don't even remember if the NBA really gave him that hard of no. a punishment for real.
0: They so, didn't. He was just going through the courts.
1: When it comes to domestic violence, we see a lot of people slide. When we see, obviously, with stuff like this, people get to slide. But what's one thing that these leads will not let people slide with, bro? Anything involving race. Colin Kaepernick with his situation. They, they damn near nipped that in the bud and blackballed him from the NFL forever after that. Kyrie Irving, all he did was share a link. We ain't say nothing about Jeff Bezos. We ain't say nothing about the company of Amazon. For they still have out. the video of the film. And they still up. got it up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But we got on Kyrie. We as the media, we got on Kyrie ass about that. And Kyrie was, we were looking at Kyrie like, is he going to play basketball again after this? But with John Morant, Nike still got their arms around him damn near. Like he hasn't I don't know any other sponsorships he has off the top of my head, but he hasn't lost anything. Yeah, I'm hearing that he's
0: like, going to have a Gatorade sponsorship too. Like Gatorade is trying to sponsor with yeah. him still with this situation going down. Like, even though he was freed of all or cleared of all of the charges, I still feel like more of a suspension should be handed down.
1: Yeah. If he was he's only one... been suspended two games. These next four, he's he's just missing. And but the first two games, he was suspended.
0: And And it's weird the way way they're wording his quote-unquote suspension because they're not saying he's suspended. They're not
1: saying suspended. They're just saying
0: he's away from the team. So it's Mm. weird how they're playing that game anyway, the NBA I'm talking about. So I'm just surprised the Memphis Grizzlies and the NBA aren't taking a harder look at giving him a longer suspension. Like, after four games, he's coming back. After what we see with Gilbert Arenas got him 50. I'm not saying Ja got to be suspended 50, but Jesus, more than five or six games. He has to be suspended more than five. Uh, bro, he's one he's the, in terms of like league changing, one of the culture changing players of this, this game. He's at he's the, the top the he, He's the he's, modern he's AI. He's the modern AI. He's the lower
1: tier modern AI of today. And
0: especially when you think about all of the kids, look up to Ja, like he's their favorite player now in this new era. And you're, he has a gun on social media. And he gets no punishment for that? Really? Like he goes through the situation and he's coming back in four to six games? Like that is just weird, bro. And it showed you how much leeway you have when you're one of the best in the league. If this was somebody at the bottom of the league, I truly believe they would have got that man out of the the league. If it was Daniel House or one of them players at the end of the bench who has a gun on social media, oh, you out the league, bucko.
1: But when you they would have had the a plop, suspension amount quick as hell, they would have said 20 games. All of that, rip. bro. But with all ja, of that it's would like, have been said.
0: Oh, we don't know what we're gonna do. That's <laughs> what I'm saying. All of that would have been said. But with John Moran, it's like, oh, okay, uh, we really don't know how we want to move forward with this process. Uh, yeah. uh, uh. And like I said, it's not I'm not saying that I want Ja to lose his bags, bro. Obviously, he's a black funny. man. I want cont- to but it's just weird. How everybody is trying to make excuses for him. It's weird how the mm-hmm. NBA is trying to label the situation. It's weird how they're wording certain stuff when you when they talk about the Ja Morant situation. The whole situation is weird when that was a big no-no. You're mm-hmm. never supposed to do that. And you're supposed to know that off the rip, bro. Nobody needs to tell you, don't do that dumb shit on the internet. Nobody has to tell you that, bro. Nobody. And he did it, and he's gonna be back in four games. Like
1: that's crazy. He's deleted his Twitter and yep. his Instagram. Well, not deleted, but he's, um, he's like deactivated it for the moment. Mm-hmm. So he's off of social media completely. Him and his PR team, they did give a public statement apologizing to the fans, the Grizzlies, and the NBA as a whole. But somebody, obviously this person who I'm about to name is significantly older than Ja, but look at James Harden. Use James Harden as an example. James Harden hangs out with rappers all the time. James Harden don't never try to be he'll never try to look like he went little baby for real. He just hangs out with these influential people who probably most likely do live that gangster type of lifestyle of whether they probably whether they probably are toting guns for real. But you uh. know what James Harden do? He just show him in the studio with them going to fashion events, being at parties. He never shows he never shows more than he wants us to see. And I think that was a moment Ja wasn't thinking and he just showed us more than what we should have seen. It wasn't no issue, honestly, of him being at the nightclub. You grown, bro. You on the team. It's plenty of um players around the league who, when they on the road, they go somewhere during mm-hmm. their night off in between games and shit. Do what you do, but you have to be way smarter than that. And something I didn't like um about this whole situation, and this is a character flaw with Jaw that he needs to fix, it was um, word that came out that Stephen Adams tried to have like a team meeting. Stephen Adams, who is a veteran in this league, who is a well-respected player in this league and who should be well-respected in that locker room, especially the way he protects all of y'all when y'all get in scuffles. He tried to have a team meeting, and the some of the younger players, it wasn't just job but he has the biggest name, so he's going to get the headline. A couple of the younger players on the team, they just kind of blew off the team, being like, all right, bro, cool. In one ear, out the other, they didn't really care what he had to say. And now we find ourselves deep in this situation sometime after to where it's like, damn, y'all don't even have respect for the veterans on y'all team. Could you imagine if you Donis Haslam tried to talk to the Heat <laughs> players and you got Bam and Hero out here acting crazy? Haslam would be in their ass, bro. Like, it wouldn't even be no question. But Steven Adams, he's not as old as Haslam, so they probably don't look at him as an older figure, but this is the for thing. real, they I like, think, bro, you ain't no much older than us. So. This is
0: the thing. I think everybody else in that locker room heard him, and I think everybody else, for the most part, when I read the article, usually is chilling out on the road. I feel like he was, yeah. they said he was specifically talking to Ja in that moment where it was like, hey, bro, chill out, bro. We understand what you've mm-hmm. been doing, because I'm assuming this has been a, a reoccurring thing that he's been going out. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? This must have been a problem before. So that's why they had this meeting. So I felt like he was just specifically talking to Ja, and then he went out and did that that night, and that situation happened. It's like, mm-hmm. I feel like he has the respect of everybody else in that locker room, bro. I feel like when you get to a certain point of being a star, you don't care what nobody's talking about, bro. Like, you just have to go through certain experiences, and that's how you learn your lesson. And that's how Ja is trying to learn, uh, trying to learn his lesson right now, learning it through experience rather than the, the voice of Steven Adams, the voice of reason in that situation, bro. But it's crazy, dog. We, but I'm just yeah the biggest thing I took away was just the the amount of excuses people have been trying to make for job. and,
1: and it's and just been weird. like Quincy said like Quincy said we both hoping he learns from this and he bounces back. I'm glad he learned this at 23 instead of like 27, 28 when you real deep in your NBA career at mm-hmm. this point. So the fact that he only a few years in, 23 years old, he didn't hurt any nobody has been hurt, nobody has been threatened or whatever. I know there's was some rumors about him like in other situations, but they ain't no evidence on none of the other stuff they're bringing up. So I'm not, but after this
0: situation, up. doesn't it look like it's true? It, 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 it looks this, like this, this true. situation yes. makes everything else more true. And that's something else that I wanted to make a point to, because he had that story come out about him punching the kid. And then he came out and pointed a gun at the kid. And then we had the situation at the Pacers facility, how he was in the car with somebody who pointed the red beam at one of the Pacers facility workers. Like all of those stories have more uh credence now or are more concrete in what the in the fact now like damn, you are trying to paint this narrative of yourself with all of these recent doings of yourself. And it's crazy mm-hmm. how that article about him punching the kid or whatever, that article came out in December. But it just was swept under, it was the, swept rug. under the rug. It was swept he, under the rug. Nothing happened
1: with him then. Exactly. Like he was, everybody loved Ja at that moment. So exactly. we treated it we damn near treated it like fake news. Like Exactly they they just trying to come up with shit bottom blah blah blah, blah. Mm. but like no you've had 2 3 more incidents since then it's like and they're all your fault damn there for the most part so it's like come on bro like we want you to come back better than ever it's going to be a hell of a comeback cuz this Cause negative is going beat to be, gonna eat your ass you, up so
0: you now have the you not have to go around with that tag unfortunately, a thug. Oh, yeah, he's a
1: bad boy. He the bad oh, boy now.
0: Not even a bad boy. You're a thug, bro. Russell Westbrook is a bad boy. You're, you're a thug now. You're AI thug level now, bro. And you did it to yourself in your career when you didn't have to, bro. It's a mistake that you can bounce back from for sure. You're going to continue to have mesmerizing moments in the NBA. I know he's going to continue to do well with the league. But you just painted this narrative for yourself when you didn't have to, bro. AI made this mistake before he came in. But he knew his lesson. He learned his lesson before he came into the league. No more of those type of mistakes, bro. It's like, damn, you got to look at those other experiences and learn from it. Like, I can't go down this road. But unfortunately, mm-hmm. he took that path that he wasn't supposed to, bro. That's, that's crazy.
1: Bro. You you good, bro. I'm still going to get my 12 jersey. Don't worry about <laughs> it. You just made a, you made a knucklehead decision. Now you, you just got to eat that humble pie, bro. That's all you yeah. got to do right now.
0: Exactly. All right. And moving on to the next uh NBA topic, we have the book. And Luka rivalry continues. So this past Sunday, Devin Booker and Luka, along with Kevin Durant and Kyrie, went at it on Sunday night in the Mavs versus the the Suns game. And we said it last week during the playoffs, bro. And I I think uh, it was, like, reinforced with this game. This is going to be the next great rivalry move in full, bro. And it's crazy how perfectly... KD and Kyrie went to the teams where it was already a yeah. great rivalry. And now <laughs> it just got raised to another level when you add two of the one of two of the best playmakers in the NBA to this rivalry. That game on Sunday was electric. I need seven games of that in the playoffs, bro. I need seven games. That was that was mesmerizing, bro. I just need more of that.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's cool. And honestly, even if, let's say for some reason these um, these players Book and Luca, don't stay on their respective teams throughout their entire career, they got smoke regardless. Unless yeah. they're playing on the same team, they're going to have smoke every time they play each other. Whether D-Book goes to a different team a few years from now, or Luca, or hell, even if they stay on the same teams for the rest of their careers, those two got smoke. Every they hate each other they, they and, hate each and, other and i love it and i love the fact that d book came out in a press conference i think it was the post-game press conference he came to the media because the media kept asking him like like why why is it always like this why this tension and he addressed it he said y'all wanted smoke like y'all wanted us to stop being buddy buddy and friendly in the league well here y'all go like this is what it is and i'm so glad he said that because yeah. that is a that is a criticism." It's been mainly like old head players of like everybody want to be friends and play with each other. But it's come to now where a lot of people our age are saying the same thing of like play, like act like y'all, at least act like y'all not friends when y'all playing. When y'all on social media, be friends all you damn want. But when y'all on the court, we want y'all at each other next. And I'm glad D-Book and Luca are doing that. Luca be cussing this man out every time they running up and down the floor. So I I love it, bro. I love the rivalry shit.
0: Yeah, like that situation on Sunday when D-Book and Luca was going at it when I don't even think D-Book was even talking to Luca, but Luca nope. just took it as smoke. Yep. <laughs> uh, he just took it as smoke because he just don't like that. Sometimes it be like that. You just want a nigga to say some shit so bad that you're like, I'm, I'm going to run up on you regardless. I want you to know I'm here. He just got a breathe wrong. He just got a exactly. <laughs> Like I wanted you to say something to me in that moment, bro. I wanted you to say something to me, bro. So this robbery, I really hope that we get it. It could potentially be a four or five matchup in the, uh, in the playoffs uh, of this, uh, this playoffs, man. So definitely looking forward to hopefully we get that early. Moving on. We got the Lakers are currently the ninth seed in the Western conference. We talked about this a little bit last week after the LeBron injury and AD honestly has been playing real big for this team. Last night, he had a 30 and 20 game against the Grizzlies without Ja, And he's really, he's really elevating this team. So, do, is this a new ceiling? And honestly, I want to talk about AD first. Mm-hmm. Does, after this past week, is AD in a different term? Is AD in a different conversation now? Like, can he lead a team without Braun? Because last week you said he can't lead a team. Is he in a nah, different I'll conversation? No. And do you and do you believe he can now after what you've seen over this past week?
1: He's playing impressive right now. So as far as like a in the now moment, He's showing that he can lead this team to at least be in the playoffs or the play in, depending on where they finish, you know, once the season is all the way done. So I will give him kudos for that, because I think the last five games he scored at least 30 to 32 points straight. He's been on fire the last five games for the Lakers, and he's been the catalyst for this team to put them in this position. But moving forward, like next season or anything after, I I can't look at him as the long haul of saying yes for a majority of the season he can lead the Lakers. No, right now he's just doing what he needs to do as a leader while Bron is hurt. I did say all oh, hope is lost damn near, but he done shut me up for the last couple of games, so I'm, I'm proud of AD for that. But I'm I'm still waiting on Bron to come back. If Bron does not play it um by the time the playoffs start, or if he not a hundred percent. To where AD still has to carry the load, I'm still skeptical, bro. I I, I still don't know. So I think the ceiling, if Braun is either less than 100% or not playing, just them being in the play-in, that's the ceiling for them.
0: But I think that's the key with the Lakers. As long as they get in and they get Braun back in time for the playoffs, I think they are still a scary team if everybody is healthy, bro.
1: If If he's less than 100%, if Bron less than 100%, you still saying?
0: I told you you last week, bro, bro, the support and cast they have now is just different than earlier in the season. If they would have had this team the whole year, the Lakers are in a totally different position than what they're in right now, bro. This support and cast, I'm saying like Austin Reeves has been hooping this last like month, honestly. Mm -hmm. Austin Reeves has been going crazy. You already know Vanderbilt has been a huge addition. Malik Beasley, you already got AD playing uh, way better than he has over this past stretch, and Schroeder. Like, this support and cast has just been way better. And they haven't even had D'Lo back because D'Lo has been hurt. So when they get D'Lo back, that's going to be another boost to their, you know what I'm saying, their uh their team. So I think this Lakers team is in a way better position than they were earlier in the season. If you get Braun back, even if he's not 100%, I still think they're a dangerous team come playoff time, bro. And if you get a chance to go out one of those inexperienced teams, like the Kings are currently second in the Western Conference right now. Even if you see the Grizzlies in the 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 uh the first round, like the Lakers have a shot and a real chance to upset them come playoff time, bro. So I wouldn't be shocked at one bit. One bit, I would not. And moving on to the other team in LA, the can't get right clippers. <laughs> I don't know what's going on with L.A., man, but it's getting ridiculous at this point, bro. And everybody trying to blame Russell Westbrook for what's going on. And and it don't matter where Russ goes, he gets the blame when it's not his fault. Like, Russ is just one man, and everybody acts like he just destroys the whole system, and it just doesn't make any sense, man. They were just on a five-game losing streak, and Russ got all the blame, even though Kawhi and PG didn't play up to their standards. And this is one thing I wanted to talk about. When those two came together, they were labeled the best two-way players in the league. And you put them on one team. It's crazy that none of them, especially PG, play defense anymore. Like that team gives up points like it's nothing at this point, dog. And that's something that people do not talk about. Like this team, even though they have Kawhi and PG, and you think you already you automatically think defense because of the name. They don't play defense anymore. Like Kawhi can get in modes when he goes back into defensive player of the year mode, but he's not in that mode at all times. And I don't think PG is just even capable. I don't even think he tries on defense now. So this team that we think the Clippers are in our mind, they just aren't. They just aren't that team anymore, dog. And it's just we're seeing it right in front of our face, and nobody wants to acknowledge it.
1: I've been telling y'all for the last, what, month now, people need to realize Kawhi Leonard been skating. When it comes to getting criticized, he's been skating under the radar so smooth with just either not playing for low management or just always being hurt or just not effectively having streaks of when he is playing well. And then PG, like Quincy said, it's damn near like PG just fell off a cliff defensively at this point. And it's like, hey, he could just still get you buckets. Don't count on anything else outside of that when it comes to PG at this point. When we know the old PG for being... A phenomenal two-way player. So I I totally agree, bro. Like the the Clippers, this is bigger than Russ. Yeah, has Russ probably played a factor in how they've been losing lately? Yeah, probably. But not to the extent of where this is all his fault. If Russ was not on the Clippers right now, the Clippers would just be losing or just disappointing us in a more aesthetically pleasing way. That's all it would be. Like it wouldn't be this losing streak and it wouldn't be no, oh my God, like they just can't get it right at this point. What would have happened if Russ was not on the Clippers right now, they would have just been continuing along, winning a few games here and there, playoffs would have came and they would have got their ass bounced either way. So I, I don't understand how everybody is just blaming Russ right now. Russ is probably just making it look uglier than what it already was and what we were ignoring. But Kawhi and PG, bro, they've been skating, bro. They, they said that the new Kings in L.A. And then everybody just got quiet when Bron won that trophy. And it's like, oh, never mind. We ain't going to say shit no <laughs> more. So.
0: And this is the thing about Kawhi. And this is why I think Kawhi skates. I feel like you asked me this question before. I think this is what we were talking about, who was under the most pressure going into the playoffs. And I said, I don't know why Kawhi always gets passes, but I think he gets a pass because – he has he has been cemented. His legacy has been cemented so early in his career. Kawhi came into the league in, what, 2012? And I mm-hmm. think by his seventh year, he had two championships. He killed two dynasties with the Heat dynasty and the Golden State dynasty. So it was like by year seven, his resume was already Hall of Fame. So it was, it was nothing for Kawhi to really prove after that. Even though he went to L.A. and said, yeah, yeah, I'm the king of L.A. and all that other bullshit. But it was really nothing else for him to prove because his, his Hall of Fame case and his resume was already cemented, dog. So now when you think of Kawhi, it's like, yeah, he can add to his resume, but you can't, you can't not call him great because he's still great. He still has his moments now where he's still consistently good for a long period of time. His legacy is cemented, and I think that's why he gets passed. If it was somebody like KD who wasn't winning championships – and he hasn't killed two uh dynasties, it'll be like, okay, we need this, we need you to do something. We need you to do something for us, for you for us to believe in you. But for Kawhi, it's like he's already done everything. By year seven, he did everything. He did everything twice. He was a defensive player of the year, he was an MVP candidate, he did all of that. So everybody lets him skate now for what he did early in his career.
1: Well, does that mean we look at Kawhi on a lower tier than when it comes to Braun, Curry, and KD? Oh, for because sure, for it, sure i about to say if we're letting him just cap it off right there, like okay, you've had a legendary career already. That means we're not holding him to the same standard as these great people. Of okay, you've done this, but now we need you to do this. Okay, well now mm-hmm. let's see if you can do this because we do that with Curry, LeBron, and KD. But this all the is the, damn but this time. is
0: the thing. with this is the thing with Curry, LeBron, and AD or and KD. They were all top picks in the NBA draft. With with Mm. Kawhi, he was the 15th pick. Nobody expected Kawhi to be the player he is. So the fact that he was an MVP candidate, defensive player of the year, a two-time finals MVP by year seven, while being the 15th pick, it was like he exceeded everybody's expectations by year seven. So when we see what he's done over the past five years or past four years, it's like, Okay, he gets a pass because nobody really expected him to do anything. Anyways, he already got two mm. Finals MVPs. He already got two Finals. What else does so he to get prove? It. it lets him okay. step by. Is that an excuse? Is that a real excuse? No, but it's oh, something yeah, I, that I don't
1: buy into it. But I that's, understand. What I totally that's what I'm saying. That's
0: what I'm saying. But it's something that it's real though, and that's why he gets passes so many times because by year seven he's done everything. Like, and it's crazy to say he did though.
1: And he, he kind of he... came out of, for most NBA fans, he did kind of come out of nowhere. So I, I understand it, I guess.
0: All right. And moving on to what happened to the Pelicans. So could dive into this a little bit for us.
1: Yeah. So the reason I brought this up is because right now they're, they're riddled with injuries as far as key players and um questions for their playoff hopes at this point they always over at least the last two years Quincy has been saying they got potential to contend for a championship whether or not they get there or not that's a different question but they have championship potential at least two or three of the last seasons they've had that potential and then they just fall flat on their face when it gets to the end of the season and the question has to come about one is Zion Williamson becoming a liability? Just strictly off of health reasons, not any other reason, because when he is 100% healthy, we know what he can do. But is he a liability now instead of an asset in terms of health? And two, do the Pelicans even scare anybody to this point to where we don't even care how they start the season off because we know how it's going to end every single time? Mm. Because with AD, with them prime AD years in New Orleans, nobody gave a damn about the Pelicans. Can't, we just knew AD was eating. And now getting Zion Williamson, it's like, oh, he he has potential to, one, be face of the league, two, take the Pelicans where they've never been before, and three, possibly get to the finals within the first five years of his career. All we've gotten is injuries, injuries, weight concern, injuries, no playoffs, no playoffs. Uh, they got the playoffs, but they are getting bounced. Like, what? What are we getting with the Pelicans? Like, what is the ceiling? Because the ceiling you've been telling me and other people been telling me they ain't even scratching it yet. So I don't. Yeah.
0: Like nah, because it's a real thing. Earlier in the season, they were looking like that team. But if Zion's not healthy, bro, this team is nothing, bro. As we see, if Brandon Ingram is just leading this team, it's just it's not enough. And even Brandon Ingram has had injury concerns throughout this year. So even though when healthy, this team is a, a good to great team. You can't do anything without your best player, bro. And it's nothing else. It's no excuse that I can give uh Zion at this point. He's missed the past what? Four months, I feel like he's been out for a long time, bro. Yeah. Or three months, probably. Like, so it's it's no excuse I can give the Pelicans, bro. When healthy, they're a great team. Without him, they're nothing. So they're they're stuck between a rock and a hard place because they just signed him to a, a four-year five, extension five year, last, I think. or five-year extension. Yep. Uh in the offseason, now you, you're stuck with him. You can't get off of him. But you realize when he's healthy, he, can, he, he does all these majestic things on the court. But he's never healthy, bro. He only played a majority of the games in one of his, what, four seasons? Three or four seasons in the mm-hmm. league? Like, that, that's not enough. Like, I think he's only totaled 120 games over his four years. That's
1: crazy, bro. Uh, see, and he, uh, one and a third of a season, basically. Yeah,
0: exactly. But. He's only played 120 games in four years. That's crazy. I love Zion, bro. I truly do. But that's ridiculous. And the fact that he's on a second contract with that on his resume is crazy. It shows you his talent and why they wanted to sign him back because he was going through all that weight training. So they seen positive signs. But for him to get injured again with the, uh, a similar injury, it wasn't a similar. I think this is a hamstring this year, but still, mm. like, you're still injured, which, and you're not on the court. And it's just, it's hard to see me do the, uh, see the Pelicans do anything without him, though. So,
1: yeah. Even if it's not the same injury or anything similar, again, it's lower body. Like, mm-hmm. I told y'all before Zion got in the league, like, I wasn't ready to just say he was going to dominate the league the way he was, because even though I saw how amazing he was in high school and in college at Duke. I'm like, bro, like, it just, and I wasn't trying to jinx, bro, but it was just like, bro, like, he's too much of a unicorn. Like, some, I, I just see something health-wise not sitting well. Like, the fact that he's the size that he is and as agile and as athletic as he is, I'm like, bro, something's going to give. Like, and then once he started having the knee issues, the ankle issues, not a hamstring, I'm like, bro, his lower body is going to get, the, the short end of the stick every time. We're not going to hear about a Zion Williamson shoulder or pectoral injury. or We ain't going to hear nothing else. It's going to be knees, legs, and ankles. That's the only type of injuries we will hear about Zion because of the way he plays. And I know they have a weight requirement on him on his contract because you can even go to SpotRack, and SpotRack will have at the bottom his weight limit requirement. But mm. he can only lose so much weight and still be dominant. We don't want Zion to lose weight to the point where he's not playing the same anymore. But I, I don't know. It, it's a sticky situation. Like Quincy said, you signed such a long contract now to where the Pelicans can't just get rid of you. They can't just trade you because then they're paying for you and you're not even playing for them at that point. But mm-hmm. I don't know what the Pelicans can do to – Bounce back from this. You can only surround him oh so much. He's still. I think they have liver. the
0: team. Yeah, I think they have the team. And the thing about mm-hmm. his weight, I don't even think his weight is the issue, though. I think it's more so overcompensating for all the other injuries that have that is going on with his body and with his knees at this point. Like you're trying to, uh, you're trying to not land on your knees as hard, so your your hamstrings are taking more of the beating now because now you're putting mm-hmm. you're landing more on your legs. Or with your with your legs more so than you are on like just your straight shin and legs and stuff like that because you don't want to mm-hmm. put as much pressure on your knee. So all of right. that is like overcompensating, especially with the hamstring, which is such a tricky injury. You don't know if that's going to heal fast. You don't know how, how if that's going to heal slow. You don't know if you're going to have setbacks in that um, that treatment time period. I think uh, I think I think it's just a tough position to be in for Zion and this Pelicans organization, bro. And I don't think we can really take them for real, even next season if he comes back healthy and they do the same thing they did this year. We can't really respect him until late in the year and we see him healthy. If he's not healthy late in the year, it's going to be the same old story every other year where, oh, they start off good. Oh, the Pelicans are this, the Pelicans are that. But if Zion's not playing at the end of the year, bro, they're not winning anything without him. Yeah. They're, they're truly not. So uh, we, that, that just has to be something that's on our mind moving forward. with And moving on, we have the Mikael Bridges leap, and this is a leap that not a lot of people were expecting, especially not me, because Mikael Bridges, when he was with the Suns, to me he was a high-level role player. Obviously, yeah, he was a too. good role player. On t- <laughs> yeah, he was a high-level role player with the Suns, uh, the third piece behind uh, Chris Paul and um, and Book. But the type of leap that he's taken with the Nets now, currently he's averaging almost 27 points. Five rebounds and three assists, three assists for this Nets team while being the number one option. But the 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 type of bag that he has shown while playing for the Nets is something that we didn't see with the Suns. I feel like mm-hmm. he's been totally freed, and we're seeing a different McCall that we didn't see. Like I didn't see these uh twin-tween hezzy step back moves from McHale when he was with the Suns or not as consistently. They were take, They were running him off of pin downs. They were doing mm-hmm. stuff like that, have, using him as a spot-up shooter more so. But they were not letting him just free ISO and get a bucket. But he's with the Nets now actually getting real buckets with the uh, with the Nets. And I'm just completely impressed and shocked by what he's doing. Because I compared it to something that we've seen uh, in 2012 with James Harden. Where James Harden was a great player when he was with uh, OKC earlier in his career, but he was a sixth man. But when he got his own team, he just blossomed until the James Harden that we know today where, oh, I can give you 10 assists, but I can give you 30. Like, this is the type of player that he resembles to me. I don't think he can get – he's not a playmaker like James, but the type of bucket getter that he has become in front of our eyes is has been shocking to me, bro. I know it's a small sample size, but Mikael Bridges is the bucket, bro. Definitely and a
1: bucket. I think he's making a case to where I think he's making a case a case to where he could be a legitimate number two on a team. Uh, and think I, about I, it. He's, a, he's already a defensive player of the
0: year one. candidate too.
1: Yeah. You know he, so he said, yeah. He got the hardware behind his name of like, hey, I can I can play lockdown D too based on, you know, my uh candidacy with these awards. You know I can get points when it comes to, you know, spread offenses and whatnot. Um, but I think he's making a case to being a great number two player on a championship-caliber team. I don't see number one because it's like, hey, you on the net, so they really are just – there are no stars on the nets at this point. Like They're letting all of y'all just show us your game to where they can make trades and whatnot to try to get big names later down the line. But I think Mikael Bridges, like I wouldn't be surprised if he gets picked up by a championship-caliber team next season. And it's like, oh shit! Like he's the the second reason why this team is doing so well. So he he building the case for sure. I I love seeing it. I didn't expect this at all. I just saw like a good off the bench six man role player. So
0: definitely shout out to Mikael, bro. And moving on to Paul Gasol's jersey retirement. So the Lakers retired Paul's jersey yesterday. Uh, it's sitting right next to Kobe's, and it's obviously mm-hmm. a monumental occasion for him because he is the godfather of. Kobe's kid, so it was an emotional scene last night. So definitely shout-out to Paul Gasol. But a question that Edgar brought up is, is Pal a top 100 player of all time?
1: Yeah, and the reason I brought this question up is because he's, and just to go over some of his highlights and awards, you know, two-time NBA champion, six-time all-star. Uh, he has a couple all-NBA second teams and third teams. He was a, a rookie of the year in 2002, and he has tons of european um what you call it he had tons of european accolades as well but i'm asking the question because he was part of a dynasty with kobe he was a great second and third option during a lot of um lakers years and getting a jersey retired by the lakers that that's a huge staple on your playing career bro so that's why i'm posing the question do you think he's top 100 all time i know we had the top 75 come out not too long ago, but do you think Paul Gasol is a top 100 NBA player of all time?
0: That's tough, bro, because Powell honestly wouldn't top, like, jump to, like, the front of the line in terms of, like, in that top 75 conversation because you still got to think about the Clays, the Kyries, like, all of the people Mm -hmm. that we were arguing to get into that top 75, those would make the top 100. So does Powell get over players like them? Like, is he over Clay? Is he over Kyrie? Like, so many new-age players will get the the bump over Powell, especially when Powell's last game, I think, was like in 2017. So it's weird. But for his era, he was definitely a dominant presence. Without him, Kobe doesn't win those two championships in L.A., so he was the second-best player for sure. I think he deserved to have his jersey retired. But to call him top 100... I think would be more so recency bias more so than anything. He was a good player while playing with Memphis, too. Let's not forget. Powell definitely had some good years with Memphis before he got traded to L.A., so I'm not forgetting that. He's one of the best European players to uh, come over here, but top 100, dog. I think that's a stretch. I think it's a stretch to say top 100.
1: I don't think it's a stretch, bro. In top 75, yeah, that top 75 way too hard. He not cracking the 75 because there's too many names that were already left off that list before we even thought of Paul Gasol. But top 100, in terms of, in terms of impact to the team, like we just said with the whole Lakers and Kobe's thing, and and like you said with the um with the Grizzlies, like in terms of impact that he has on the team, in terms of the fact that. He was a rookie of the year, and then also got some all-NBA accolades. I, I got to say, bro. And, and multiple all-star appearances, he could crack the top 100. Like, I, I'm not sure if I can see her in like, the 100, 100 Vince, players.
0: Was Tracy or Vince in that top 75? I don't think Tracy or Vince were in the top 75.
1: No, but I would put them, too. Paul Gasol is in the conversation, though. He's in the conversation. That's why I, I say it's, a, it's a lot just... of
0: Nick, bro. It's a lot of names you can put over Powell, bro. I ain't gonna lie, that he's
1: not. I I'm think he's in it. Bro. I think Paul, it's some I names can't you can put names. over Paul, dog. I can't name a hundred players better than Paul Gasol. I can't do that. I can't do Paul like that.
0: I think it is, bro. I think this is just recency bias. If you actually sat mm-hmm. down and gave me like everybody in the NBA, and I could pick through. I'm telling you, these new age players would get a bump because they're just more skilled now, bro. But, but they still got to
1: prove themselves too now. Like I understand there are new age mm-hmm. players now who are more skilled and whatnot. But damn, we can't just completely ignore resumes at that point. We can't just ignore resumes. Mm-hmm. Cause just cause you're playing better at the moment, just cause like right mm-hmm. now, I can say um, who's a gonna- to I can say Luca is a way better player than Paul Gasol.
0: Yeah, like Luca's they- already top one hundred.
1: But I'm saying, like, let's say Luca doesn't have as many NBA accolades. It doesn't matter. We know, we know, European wise, he got the accolades to be one of the best European players. Period. But when it comes to NBA, what if Luca plays ten years and doesn't really accomplish anything, bro? Are you still putting? I'm gonna tell you this. I'm gonna
0: tell you this, bro. Luca is already top 100, bro. Right now, Luca can stop hooping and he's top 100 right now. He hasn't done anything in the playoffs, but he's I don't already know. top 100
1: right I don't now. Know, that, bro. And that's okay, what okay, I mean. Those a those, bit.
0: those type of players are top 100. Like look at Dame. Dame has done nothing in the playoffs, but he's been consistently good for a long period of time. So, we're looking at Luka. Even though it hasn't been a long period of time, but for these 5 years Lucas has been been in the league, he's been one of the best players, consistently good, 30 point a game type of guy and leading his team deep in playoffs like we seen last year to the Western Conference Finals. In year 5, He's already in the top 100 conversation, bro. And we're going to continue we're going to continue to have more players like that moving forward. Like John Moran is going to continue to get into this top 100 conversation. So it's like I can't even mm. if I just say look at it for right now, if I just look at it for right now, I can't say he's in the top 100, bro. I can't
1: Cause I'm, I'm really just counting the resume. I'm not discounting what you're saying as far as like, who's the better player for real Like Obviously if anybody got eyes, you can clearly see, yes, Luka is a better player than Paul Gasol. But when it comes to not just playing, but your impact on the team, the way you help the team win championships, like the legacy you have with the team that you are on, like, that man got his name in the rafters next to Kobe, bro. For sure. Like we can't just slight that man and say you're not For top 100, bro. I don't, I don't know. I'm maybe I'm looking too deep into the resume aspect. Cause I, I totally understand the the eye test of like just seeing who clearly can play and who can't play as well. But I don't mm-hmm. know, bro. Paul Gasol, he he top 100, bro. I, as of right now, I would give him the nod and say he top 100.
0: I don't think so, man. I don't think so. But definitely shout out to Powell, though, man. Definitely deserved uh, jersey retirement. And now let's move on to the NFL topics, man. First thing on the docket is the Ravens franchise Lamar Jackson. But it was not a normal franchise tag. This was a non-exclusive franchise tag, which basically means that the Ravens let him test the waters, talk to other teams. But no other teams were interested which raised a lot of questions about what is really going on in the NFL where nobody wants MVP winner Lamar Jackson on their team. It just smells fishy. Edgar, bro, tell me what's going on.
1: Uh, I don't know the word everybody was using, but I'm going to say coercion. Like
0: collusion, yeah,
1: collusion. That that's what it mm. was. It's a, I think it's a lot of collusion at the moment, and some people were saying it's got to be with agents too at this point, not just team executives and whatnot, because there is no way. And I tweeted, I tweeted this. We talked about Daniel Jones getting a contract extension. Quincy was more on the. Quincy opened my eyes of saying, bro, it's run. It's like ten running backs, damn near every draft at this point in the NFL. It's more important to pay the quarterback. So I'm not mad that Daniel Jones got paid. But what I am mad at is how much he got paid and the fact that we can look at somebody like Daniel Jones and say he is quote-unquote proven to make this amount of money. And maybe the Giants are just stupid. I'm not eliminating that possibility. (laughs) But he is getting 160 M's off of one good season. Daniel Jones has been trash until Brian Daybo walked into the building. And that's all y'all needed to see to get this man 160? But Lamar wants two fifty and has won an MVP. And I'm counting the cover of Madden. If you made the cover of Madden, you get the you get a conversation in a big contract. I don't give a damn. Nobody has been saying that. But you've been the cover of Madden. You have won an MVP. You have had multiple playoff appearances. Multiple playoff wins. You have Pro Bowls to your name. Like you are all pro player. Like, how are you not eligible for 250 million dollars like I'm, I'm not understanding it and we clearly see your value to the team because when you're not playing else out there <laughs> when you are playing you're damn near the only reason they're winning when you play so the falcons the panthers and the raiders and and the washington on commanders y'all have questions to answer of what the hell made y'all say y'all aren't interested and why did y'all come out so fast and say okay, y'all now, okay. oh
0: there we go let, let me educate you bro let me educate you bro I do believe it's collusion because of this reason. We talked about it before, how Lamar Jackson wants a fully guaranteed contract. He wants Mm -hmm. 250 or something around that fully guaranteed. And we only have one player currently in the NFL, one quarterback, that has a fully guaranteed contract, and that is Deshaun Watson with the Cleveland Browns right now. Nobody else wants to pay a quarterback a fully guaranteed contract because they're scared that it will set a precedent in the NFL that all of these other quarterbacks will want fully guaranteed contracts down the line. And NFL execs and owners do not want that. Now they now the NFL owners are trying to make the Cleveland Browns just look like dumbasses by saying just because they signed Lamar or signed Deshaun to a fully guaranteed doesn't mean that's going to be the normal thing moving forward. That's why we had all the owners and the teams coming out yesterday saying, no, Lamar, we don't want to talk to you because you want a a fully guaranteed contract. We're not going to sign you to a fully guaranteed contract. So now it feels like collusion between all of the owners because they have been talking and saying, "We're we're not going to set this precedent of fully guaranteed contracts becoming a real thing because that is something that they just do not want to happen. If Lamar Jackson was asking for something and it wasn't fully guaranteed, I feel like all of these teams would have been jumping at the opportunity to get Lamar on their teams. But all of these owners are trying to stand pat and not pushing the fully guaranteed contract for quarterbacks. Because if Lamar Jackson gets it, that means Herbert's going to get it. That means Burrow's going to get it. That means all these quarterbacks in the future are going to ask for fully guaranteed contracts, and the owners do not want that. And that's why we're seeing all these teams more so back off Lamar and say, no, we're going to force you to play for the Ravens on this franchise tag, or you're going to have to take less than what you think you are worth to stay with them on something that won't be fully guaranteed. So that's mm. what we're seeing, bro. That's why everybody was just so quick to back off of him. Because all these owners have already been talking about nope, we're not going to sign to a fully guaranteed. That's, that's that's something that we're not going to do. That's more
1: so trying to put him in his place. But I understand that, and I, I totally get the business side of it. So thank you for explaining that. Because I didn't look at it that way. But if you are the Falcons, if you are the Panthers, if you are the commanders or the Raiders, what has shown with y'all history, at least over the last 10-15 years for all these teams, outside of the Panthers, because they did make the Super Bowl at least once, but still every other year for the most part, what have y'all done? Yeah, for sure. Where have y'all shown us that y'all have made such progress to where y'all can just turn y'all nose up at a situation like this? If I'm the Falcons, granted, they they made one Super Bowl too, but we, we don't talk about that for obvious reasons. But The Falcons, what do y'all have to lose? Like, I honestly think y'all are in a situation where you're in a division that's terrible. This is for the Panthers, too. Y'all are in a division that is terrible. Even with the Saints getting Derek Carr, yes, they're the best team in the division at the moment. But clearly getting Lamar Jackson will boost you over the Saints at this point. Like, so I'm not understanding where... Yes, I, I get the fact of what you were saying of why they're like, no, we want to show that we're not going to start just paying quarterbacks or whatever the hell they want. But you have to understand this could be monumental for the franchise in terms of winning, in terms of possibly getting a chip, and in terms of possibly setting a culture. If he would have went to Atlanta, bro, do you know that, what that would have done for the NFL, not just for Atlanta, like for the league as a whole, Lamar being in Atlanta. and the, in the place division, where Vic played? And and I'm about to say you would have had the Mike (laughs) Vick love like and all that type of shit. Like you would they would have still had a decent amount of weapons. You would have been in a terrible division, so it would have been yours to lose at that point. And you would have had Super Bowl expectations every year, damn near. So if you're the Falcons or even the Panthers, I'm looking at you crazy. Now the the commanders the commanders are in a situation where it's like they may not need a Lamar Jackson quarterback. They may just need a good enough quarterback to win the division and move on from there so they're they're probably the only team that I'm like okay if they say no I get it but the Raiders and the Panthers and the Falcons no excuse i I don't get it other no, than the I, owners sticking together, they have no reason to do this.
0: And that's why it's collusion, because it doesn't make sense otherwise, other than the business side of they're not trying to set this precedent for all these other quarterbacks moving forward. Because I fully agree. When I found out that the Panthers were interested at first, after the Ravens signed him to this, or after they offered him this, uh, I don't think he signed this contract or this franchise tag yet. Mm-hmm. I still don't think and he's signed it yet. Yeah, he hasn't signed a franchise tag yet. But mm-hmm. when they offered him the franchise tag of being non-exclusive, I was like, The Panthers actually have a chance to get him? Like, I never thought it was an opportunity for us to get him. And with this franchise tag, I heard that if you sign to a new team, uh, you can sign an offer sheet with a new team. If the Ravens don't match it, you give the Ravens like two first-round picks or something like that?
1: The Ravens get two first round picks. If another team outbids them and they do end up trading tomorrow, the the Ravens will get two first round picks. If no other team Yeah. Yeah, if no other team offers more, um and the Raven, or the Ravens don't aren't able to match whoever else offers, then he has to just sign with them and, and play yeah. for the Ravens next season. So yeah. they're either getting two first-round picks for Lamar Jackson with a trade, or Lamar is in a Ravens uniform. Basically.
0: And if you're the Panthers or the Raiders, that's a still of a deal. That is two a first steal, round, bro. Bro, two first-round picks for Lamar Jackson, that's it? That's it. Uh, we got the Jets over here about to trade two or three for Aaron Rodgers' old ass. So you're telling me two for Lamar Jackson, who's twenty six and prime? and this is the thing
1: this is the thing, bro. you don't even have to offer what Lamar wants at this point. You just have to offer more than the Ravens. I think the Ravens are are saying like thirty two mil a year, like at least or whatever. I think that's what they're offering for Lamar at this point so what the franchise tag. To- with the franchise, tag, all you have to do is outbid the franchise tag, bro. That's all you have to do. If no, you no, no, no. Them- you don't have
0: to outbid. If you have to outbid the... You have to get... You have to pay him more than Daniel Jones. You have to pay him like 45
1: mil. We, you can- that's true. Yeah. So, but what I'm saying is you just have to outbid the Ravens at the end of the mm-hmm. day. Whatever the Ravens are bidding, just outbid them. Even yeah. if you don't... Even if you tell them, all right, look, we ain't giving you 250, but we'll give you whatever... We'll give you more than what the Ravens are giving you. Yeah, that yeah, yeah. Yeah, all—that's all Lamar will need to say. Okay, I'm walking. Like I'm coming with y'all, regardless yeah. of who you are. So, and
0: that's—and that's the thing. I don't. And, and this is the thing with Lamar. I don't know how, how head over heels he is for this fully guaranteed contract. I don't know if he's like, I'm only doing this. I'm not taking anything less than that. I don't know where he stands with the fully guaranteed. But I know it's some teams that would pay him something but it's just not fully guaranteed they will probably pay him something crazy like 200 guaranteed i think uh Kyler murray got 160 170 fully guaranteed if i'm not mistaken like these players are getting paid crazy but he just wants to fully guarantee and i can't be mad at him bro because you've seen deshaun watson who lamar jackson probably thinks he's better than him. he has playoff wins and he has an MVP over Deshaun Watson. So I'm not mad at him. If you see him getting a fully guaranteed, I got to do whatever I'm about. Power to get a fully guaranteed. But these other owners are just trying to make it seem like, nope, Cleveland is just a terribly run franchise. That's why they gave Deshaun a fully guaranteed. Don't expect us to give that too. Mm-hmm. So that's where we stand right now. So I don't know. Like, does he just sign this franchise? If I'm Lamar, I don't sign this franchise, tag, bro. I I would rather I would sit out. I would hold out this entire season, dog. If you're not going to sign me to what I want or something similar to what I want, I'm not playing, bro. I agree. I totally
1: agree.
0: Especially to all the points you made earlier about how valuable he is. This team isn't shit without him. We just seen what they did in the playoffs, even though they were close to winning. They still aren't anything close to what they are with Lamar Jackson. You have to pay me money, bro. Like, you can't get You're not going to get me on a bargain bin deal, bro. I'm sorry. You're not going to get me for $32 million a year with no security after that. Because that's basically what a franchise tag is. It's a one-year contract. If you get hurt during that year, it's like your ass out for the most part. So you got you to you gotta guarantee some money with Lamar, bro. And I would still want that fully guaranteed if I'm Lamar.
1: I, I've been saying for the past few months, it's been Ravens fans. Shout out to D-Quiz. Shout out to, you know, all the Eric. Shout out to all the other Ravens fans. I've been telling y'all for months, bro. Lamar is leaving. Like, all of this. Me too. I been, think so, too. Yeah, It's been delaying the inevitable of he's leaving. Once the Ravens showed that they were even questioning giving Lamar what he wanted, I was like, bro, he's leaving, bro. He's not staying. He's not going to be in Baltimore next. For the 2023 season, he will not be in Baltimore. I'm telling y'all right now. And if he does stay, he's not playing. He's going to do like Quincy said and just sit out. And y'all know how I feel about players just sitting out sometimes. But, shit, this is a reason where I totally understand. Because you are worth the money. You have not shown any reason for them to say you are not. You don't have any hiccups outside of football. You don't even have any hiccups in football, really, other than a a, a couple bad games here or there. Like every other quarterback. So, Mm -hmm. come on, bro. Pay that man his money or – just be okay with letting him walk and starting from zero if you bought some more.
0: That's crazy, bro. It's unfortunate for Lamar that he has to go through this when he's this type of talent. You usually see no other players go through this unless you're like a mid tier quarterback goes through like the franchise tag shit. Like we Mm -hmm. see Kirk cousins go through the, uh, the franchise tag. We see Dak almost get franchise tag. We see those caliber of players get franchise. Lamar Jackson, who is arguably a top five to seven quarterback in the league. Supposed, Almost getting franchise tag is ridiculous, bro. Like something has to happen for Lamar. And Carolina, you have to do it, bro. Because Carolina is crazy because these teams are trying to trade up in the draft. Carolina, the Falcons, uh, the Raiders are trying to trade up in the draft for the number one pick to draft somebody who's not proven. And you have Lamar Jackson right here who you can trade two to three first round picks for and you're not jumping at the bit. It's crazy, bro. It's crazy. But uh, moving forward, we did have the Daniel Jones um, extension, like uh, Edgar mentioned earlier. He got $40 million a year. He got $100 million guaranteed. Big bucks for Danny Dimes. And we got Geno Smith also got an extension. He got a three-year, $105 million Mm -hmm. extension from the Seahawks. So big shout-out to Geno, somebody who wasn't even playing a couple of years ago, showed out this season, now gets the money that he deserves. And we also got Derek Carr signed to the Saints for I want to say it was like thirty five million I think it was like four year, uh, four it year one year,
1: mm-hmm.
0: yeah, so something like that. So a lot of big changes already. Free agency hasn't even officially started yet, but these are just like the quarterback extensions and whoever was a free agent like Derek Carr are getting signed right now. But these are big moves. So what's your biggest takeaway from these moves, and who are you more so impressed by?
1: Uh, I'm impressed by the Saints. I've been saying the Saints are a QB destination for at least half a year now. Like, I've been telling Quincy, I'm like, bro, the Saints are just, they're a quarterback away, bro. And I'm a Bucks fan telling y'all this. Like, I'm telling y'all, like, I was saying Lamar Jackson to the Saints. Do you know how big that would have been? If you got Chris Olave, Michael Thomas, you got goddamn Alvin Kamara in the backfield, you probably, you probably would have had to trade, um, what you call it, Jarvis Landry, you probably, you would have had to trade somebody big. But the fact that majority of that team would have stayed the same with Lamar Jackson, Derek Carr is still a very good quarterback. I've seen a lot of people laughing, like the Saints just took an L. People are just laughing because the Raiders ain't been winning shit, but it has not been because of Derek Carr. Yeah, Derek Carr did not play off the snuff for a good chunk of this season, but Derek Carr has not been the reason the the Raiders have been in the dump. You know, Let me ask you this though, years. bro. Let
0: me ask you this: Is he gonna do a Tim 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 Tebow impression this year? If he hits oh, us probably. with another Tim Tebow, yeah. if he does another Tim Tebow this year, this is it. There, you. If, if he does that shit again, it's it's a wrap, bro. It's a wrap. He better it, not pull that it shit again. He are better we, not do that shit again.
1: Are we he talking about Tim? Are we talking about Tim Tebow? Like you guys will never see this from me again. Are we talking about a different <laughs> Tim Tebow? There's two Tim Tebows that we could get out of this. Which one are you talking about, oh, man?
0: <laughs> I-, I completely jumped off the Derek Carr bandwagon after I seen that shit, and then they continue to lose. I was, I've been completely off the bandwagon,
1: bro. But, but they're definitely the best team in the NFC South. Oh, for point. sure, like, it, for sure, to for lose. sure. Der- Derek Carr takes them on. Game, honestly, but he's not—he's not a great bowl,
0: quarterback. Though. I don't even think he's good. He's just like middle of the pack. But you're better than everybody he, else for now.
1: He's top when everybody playing their best. Derek Carr is top fifteen. He's a top fifteen okay. QB in the league. Yeah, so, he's not. He's and not I, I think that's you're good. You're like you're I think like, that's you're good like Jimmy to get to the Super bowl. with who with them. Yeah, the Saints have a top ten defense every year. And Derek Carr can, he he has the most comeback wins out of every quarterback in the league ever since he got in the league, bro. So he can put points up. He can put points up late. And we, we just seen we just seen everyone. the offense he had, nigga. He did nothing.
0: He had Devontae Adams, the We're best taking, receiver in the game. Well, no, I'm he had the best running. He had one of the best I'm running backs in the league, and Josh I'm Jacobs. not excusing did nothing any
1: of that. I'm not excusing any of that. But what about the other seasons when he didn't have all that and he was winning games but and that, coming no, back and winning? He's declining he's declining I'm not I'm That's not taking I'm, this one year as that bro I'm not taking on. this one year as that we're not taking uh, can, we're not doing that your, with Russ we're huh? giving Russ another yes, chance we next year well we're, 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 we're giving Russ one more chance bro we're giving him one more chance I'm giving Derek if I'm giving Russ one more chance I'm giving Derek Carr one more chance bro with the Saints in a trash Russ, division? Is, Russ, yes, is, Russ I'm was doing a that. top
0: five quarterback for years he can have that type of leniency with us Derek Carr was not that ever and then you have one of the you he had your worst season. He wasn't as bad as
1: people are saying. He
0: wasn't he as My was, nah, Derek season. Carr was D- Derek Carr was terrible.
1: Derek Derek Carr That's is no in a kidding. Jared Goff situ- Not Jared Goff. He's in a Matt Stafford situation. Matt Stafford was on the oh, Lions for no, years. No, 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 no. People were no, saying no, Matt no, Stafford no, was no, overrated. No, you were saying no, you were saying Matt who? Stafford was overrated. I I fully agree, but Matt
0: Stafford was way better than De- Derek Carr. But, but what I'm saying?
1: No, I know the talent level is different, but it's the same type of situation of. This quarterback is not the reason this team is losing year after year after year. Even if one year, even if you could point at one year and say, "I don't say, agree," nah,
0: bro, because that those nah. lions team those lions teams were terrible, bro. Those Lions teams were terrible. They weren't even sniffing the playoffs when Matt Stafford was
1: there. He was the just Raiders have had a terrible run. defense with, with Derek Carr. But they had been making been the
0: playoffs. There. It wasn't like they weren't making the playoffs. They were doing something. Off of the back the of Derek
1: Carr. Off of the it wasn't off the of back of him. It was the back <laughs> of that running game. It was the back
0: uh, of that bro. running game who was getting loose. <laughs> and that defense was playing Carr, way better than normal last that. year. Yes it was bro The Saints
1: the Saints are Super Bowl I'm saying it now They're Super Bowl contenders With Derek Carr I'm That's telling right y'all right is. now I ain't you saying they getting the But they you contenders. That. they're contenders you that. They're contenders They're already going to win The damn division They're winning the division I, I, I agree about game. the
0: division I agree about the division They 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 got the division They're not winning the no Super Bowl They're not getting to know I Super Bowl. ain't
1: saying they Carr, You're taking out of contact I'm not saying they're not contenders They're not Super Bowl
0: contenders They're not contenders
1: They're not contenders, bro. It's still early. It's still early. A lot (laughs) lot of stuff can happen. A lot of stuff can happen. (laughs) And
0: I think it's going to be a lot of moves happening this offseason, too. So I wouldn't be too sure about that. Also, it was something else that I have on my agenda. I don't know if I put it down. But currently, DeAndre Hopkins, Jalen Ramsey, and Derrick Henry are also on the trade block moving forward to go along with all of the three.
1: Yeah. So it's
0: going to be a lot of movement that's happening this offseason this year. So, so Jalen Ramsey could obviously be on a different team. Derrick Henry, like, what are your ideal landing spots for those three dynamic playmakers?
1: Mm. DeAndre Hopkins, what if DeHop went to the Saints? If DeHop went to the Saints, bro, if he went to the if I'm yeah. the Saints, I'm trading at least two people and two picks for DeAndre Hopkins. I promise to God. I promise to God. He's not going to the Saints, bro. All right. They don't 100%. the Saints are shooting for the stars right now. They just got Derek Carr and they still got a top ten defense and they haven't lost. They have good yet.
0: wide receivers. They have good wide receivers now. They have, trading, they still have Michael Thomas at their pan.
1: I'm trading I would trade Chris Olave and I would trade um Jarvis Landry and a pick for DeAndre Hopkins. And You're I'm going in the draft and I'm getting a young player. You yes. crazy as hell. Chris Olave was one of the best receivers last year. You crazy as shit. Chris Olave and DeAndre Hopkins. All right, you know the answer. His silence says <laughs> no, all. No, no, um, DeAndre. DeAndre, DeAndre you know Hopkins answer, old bro. as hell,
0: nigga. What you mean, DeAndre Hopkins is old as hell? Chris Godwin is be Thomas, second
1: year. Chris Godwin and goddamn Mike Evans were old too, and they won the Super Bowl with the right quarterback. If you give Derrick, no, 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 Thomas no, no, no. Dude, DeAndre Hopkins, no, no, no,
0: on, no, bro. I'm not gonna come let on, you do bro. that. When bro, that first year, they was in their prom, but like, you see what happened three years later. How them boys look. Chris Olave is young, second year in the league. I ain't gonna let you do that, bro. It's a you shoot for the stars. Difference.
1: Any other time, now you want to no. be conservative. DeAndre Hopkins is his older, even time. though he's still a
0: great player. I'm not giving up Olave for him. Olave is gonna be good bro, for a long time. I'm not giving. What up. about
1: well? What about Jarvis Landry and the defensive piece and a and sure. a pick or two? Okay, and I'm pretty sure okay, I'm, surprised. I'm surprised. That's fine.
0: I'm surprised. And, I'm, and, I, and honestly. I think they don't need another wide receiver. Like Michael Thomas, if healthy, Olave Landry. That's a good receiving core for the the Saints. Like that's all you really I r- need. I'd rather in. get D
1: Hop. I'd rather and I'd rather Kamaru. get rid of Juice. I get rid of Juice and get D Hop. I don't think even though D Hop is older, even though D Hop is older, I would get D Hop. I think
0: he'll I think he'll take a second scare, round pick
1: just to scare defenses. But Jalen Ramsey, I don't know where Jalen Ramsey going at this point. A lot of he people say Jalen Ramsey cooked. They say Jalen well, Ramsey cooked, it, bro. You'd be surprised that it's, it's honestly, you see it's, on Twitter, this is But this is the thing
0: about Ramsey. <laughs> this is the thing about Ramsey though. He honestly can't be cooked because he's so versatile that he, he even though if you think he's good, if, if you think he's cooked at the cornerback position, you could put him at safety and he's gonna be elite at the safety position where he doesn't have to cover man to man uh these fast cornerbacks anymore or these fast receivers anymore. He could be like and Richard try- Sherman
1: because like- Richard Sherman was hard exactly. as hell. He ain't have exactly. to be fast.
0: Well, and he can hit still.
1: Richard Sherman came in the league kind of slow as opposed yeah, to. Yeah, he was already <laughs> slow. He was already <laughs> slow, yeah. So he had to be so much smarter than everybody else to beat coverages. Jalen Ramsey is probably at that point now to where it's like, okay, his speed is going down So I don't think he's, he's still physical though. and he's still smart. No, I don't think he's cooked either. I'm just telling you to go to Twitter. Twitter, will mm. tell you otherwise, boy. Twitter Twitter mm. always shit on people after they give them praises. Yeah. Everybody's saying he Ramsey has, he not. I was about to say, he gave level. up some
0: big players this year. He gave up some big players. I will say that. I remember a couple of plays to digs and a couple of long touchdowns, but I don't think he's cooked though. Consistently, oh, I, I think he's either. pretty good
1: he's so I, he top five. He's, he's still a top five corner for sure
0: something around that for sure for sure but i think the lions are in desperate need of a cornerback mm-hmm. if you can add him to the lions the up-and-coming lions what they just did this past year i think Jalen ramsey could be a landing spot oh yeah what else there was a lot of teams that needed cornerback help honestly Ugh. the panthers i wouldn't be mad if the panthers did it Especially with Horn, he was hurt. Get so get a number Uh, two. No, no, no.
1: no, I can't I can't put A number two
0: next to Horn, I like it. You're assuming
1: assuming the Panthers aren't gonna be stupid and actually draft a good quarterback. That's what you're assuming. I
0: I honestly don't think the Panthers are gonna draft a good quarterback because they they're just which
1: is why I'm saying like which eliminates their hope of any success for this upcoming season.
0: (laughs) Hold on. I mean let me look at the teams. I mean let me look at the teams, see who need a, a corner for real.
1: While you do that, I'm going to get my piece on Derrick Henry. I think Derrick Henry has the least likelihood of going somewhere great out of all three of the players that we're talking about right now. Mm. I, I don't know where Derrick Henry, where would he go? Everybody has a the serviceable Eagles. running back already. The
0: Eagles, nigga! bro. If Derrick Henry goes to the Eagles, mm. it's a wrap. <laughs> it's a, it's a rap for the... No, no, no. Don't say, mm, nigga. It's a because no, Look.
1: You have to assume this old line is finna stay the same, bro. Yeah, like some of this old line might retire. Some of this yeah, old sure. line might not even get paid that, enough money. But this is
0: the thing about Philly, though. This is the thing about Philly. They have drafted so well over the years that they have good. Back.
1: They have, yeah. they have
0: that they've drafted so well. So like, even though like the the Kelsey's and the the Lane Johnsons can be transitioning into retirement, they have good uh, draft picks, and they have dr- good draft picks now. Like I think they have two first round picks this year. You know what I'm saying? Yep. So. They have so many assets to make a big move like this and still continue to build that offensive line and just continue to build holes that they've seen. And they just made the Super Bowl this year. And they're going to pay Jalen Hurts. And you already have everything else. They have a tight end. They have a two wide receivers. They have the offensive line for now. Defensively, they were they were stout. I would probably add a cornerback to that because Slay is starting to get older. But they need a running back, bro. A consistent one. Because currently they have... Miles Sanders, Gainwell, all serviceable, but nobody that's knocking your socks off. Derek Henry can and you, you mean, bro, think about him and Jalen Hurts in a read option. Who who are you gonna attack? Him and Jalen Hurts in
1: a read option? Oh, come The on. only thing is, who, who do they have to pay for this offseason?
0: Nobody, bro. Cause they don't gotta her, pay nobody? Smith Smith is still young. They already signed A.J. Brown. Goddard mm-hmm. is under contract. The 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 Eagles have done a good job in managing all of their assets by having under everybody under contract. So, current so I this think this could year, work. It yeah, could work because they're not gonna the even though they're talking about signing Hertz to an extension this year, it's not going to kick in until like two years down the line. So it's like you could sign somebody to a big uh, deal like Derrick Henry, and then. That contract for Hurts doesn't kick in until two years
1: down the line, so it,
0: it's just Henry to the it's just
1: on the back end. If you're the Eagles on the back end, that's gonna be a lot of you you're gonna have a lot of money conversations on the back end, and you are gonna have to like how the Would Bucks you. like you I, think about we it now. just gotta let niggas go left and right when it comes to the Bucks right now. I think the Eagles they gotta keep striking while the iron. If they do this move that you're saying, every year is championship or bust for them at yes, this point, for because sure. they're gonna get to a point where they gotta pay Devontae. Like they gotta pay Derrick Henry. Um, like they 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 will already be paying Derrick Henry whatever he's gonna get paid, and then um, Goddard. Like the the names are just gonna continue to stack to where it's like, damn, bro. Like we're gonna have to let niggas just fly off the. But rip this, at this is the point thing to with the Eagles. cap.
0: This they have drafted so well, where well, you can let those older players who are getting paid this big money leave and draft cheaper options, bro. And I think that's currently what we're seeing with the Eagles right now, and they're just in such a good position to continue to build this roster moving forward, bro.
1: Because where is B. John Robinson slated to go in the draft? To the like, Eagles. He, that's what I'm saying. Like, is he top 10 or is he? No, that's
0: like 20s. He's in
1: the 20s. Ten in the 20s. If I'm the Eagles, I wouldn't even look at um, Derrick Henry. As great as Derrick Henry is, i look at B. John Robinson. Serviceable. No. He's going to be cheap. And he has a potential behind a, at least a half decent online. He has potential. Once again, to be a great once again, though. With Jalen Hurts.
0: Once again, though. Even though I love Bijan, he's not proven in the league. You got to strike one on the iron that's hot with these mm. proven niggas, though, bro. Derek Henry, we've
1: never you seen just, a nigga like you Derek said Henry. That, you we've said never seen opposite him. with Saquon. Huh? You said get rid of Saquon. We could get a we could get a running back in the draft. Saquon, with Saquon. ain't
0: proven though. And Saquon ain't been a top five running back in the league that, consistently. That's just off of injuries. Okay, then. Okay, then. Okay. Mm, That's the thing that you have to know, talk about bro. when you talk about money and contracts. It, it
1: is, but mm, I don't know.
0: Derrick Henry is a load that you're not going to get in the draft, bro. You can draft niggas like Saquon. Like Bijan Robinson can replace Saquon for sure. There's nobody built like Derrick, Derrick Henry at the running back position, though. Nobody. I agree. Like, I you're agree. not going to draft a Derrick Henry uh, looking like in the, the draft. You're not. So I would take that now. As uh, opposed to, like, the, the Saquon Barkley point. So, I yeah. hey, Eagles, go ahead and get them, bro. Eagles <laughs> need to go ahead and get them. But uh, I think the Eagles would be a good spot. Another running back spot, I don't really know. I just know the Eagles was, like, the main one. It was like, that's an easy, like, connect the dots, drag and drop. And DeAndre Hopkins. Mm. I like DeAndre with the Patriots, to be honest with you, bro. I like DeAndre with the Patriots.
1: Yeah, get that boy with Mac a weapon.
0: He needs he needs more big time weapons over there. I would, I would put him on the Patriots. Ooh, what if you gave him to the Jags, though? You got Calvin Ridley, Trevor Lawrence, and DeAndre. Mm, that's
1: man.
0: doing that's doing damage,
1: man. That, that'd be crazy. That, that's
0: doing that damage. That be crazy. <laughs> Especially in the AFC South. The Colts, you don't know what they're gonna do. You got the Texans. Like, that's doing damage in the AFC South. That's doing damage. Mm. I would, I would, DeAndre Hopkins to the Jags would be my uh my destination, ideal landing spot. And Jalen Ramsey to the Lions. So those are my three ideal landing spots.
1: I'm telling y'all, bro, the Saints, they damn near shooting for the stars at this point, bro. I can't be mad at it either.
0: All right. And moving on to the next topic, we have Aaron Rodgers to the Jets. So Edgar, give us a little background on this situation.
1: Yeah, so recently both the Green Bay Packers and Aaron Rodgers have had separate conversations with the New York Jets. That's been the biggest um, destination for him as far as, like, uh, trade rumors or whatnot. So I think um, it's one of those situations where it sounds so obvious at this point that it, it might not happen. A lot of people have been saying, what if he goes to a sleeper team that we're not even talking about at this point? But I think I think you might as well do it if you're the Jets. Like, But the question is, if Aaron Rodgers goes to the Jets, are they even the second-best team still in that division? Are they better yes. than the Bills? Are they yes. better than the Dolphins?
0: Yes, they were what already contending. They were already contending with those play with those teams. Like they beat the Bills twice last year, didn't they? Like, and they didn't even have a real quarterback last year. They only had Mike White, and Mike White was hurt most of the year. And Zach White Wilson was looking like some shit. You get them Aaron Rodgers, who's still an elite quarterback in this league, because they had the weapons too. And that's what people aren't thinking about. They have weapons, but the quarterbacks but young, couldn't bro. give them the ball.
1: They're young. They're, they're young, young, but
0: they couldn't give them the ball, though.
1: But what is but, the thing like, that yeah. A-Rod has been knocked for this entire this past season? He don't like playing with young players. He had to evolve with Chris Watson, and we see him. Them That's what I'm saying. He's going to have to build late. with
0: these players. And they, and I'm but pretty he didn't sure want to build they bring, early when it they, matters. They can, bring, they can bring in new people, too. Like I said, free agency, the, the Jets got money to bring people in, too. Obviously, they have just built this team with nothing but draft picks. This team also has a lot of cap space to bring in somebody like Aaron Rodgers and to bring in free agents who you can pair some veterans with the young talent like Garrett Wilson and and uh, Elijah Moore and all those type of pieces. They have weapons, but the quarterbacks were not giving them the ball. The defense is already elite. Don't even touch the defense. Just add to that shit. But the quarterback position has to be added, and I think Aaron Rodgers I would have rather somebody like Lamar Jackson. I'd rather you just add a young quarterback. But if that's my option, if I can get Aaron Rodgers for two years, even if I can just get him for this year, I would do it, dog. I would do it if I'm the Jets. Take it now.
1: Take it. I ain't ain't mad at it. I would take him too. But it is something to consider when it comes to how over the last few years, it has been noted that he does not get along with younger players or he doesn't get along with them early when he should he doesn't do a lot of offseason training with young players whether they're rookies or one or two years but you
0: have to you have to do a different you have to have a different mindset going into a new situation I think that was the fact of he was stuck in his ways with the routine of Green Bay he was used to having like his real group of like Jordy Nelson's the Randall Cobb so when he didn't have that it was like oh now I gotta deal with these rookies You have to go into New York with a new mindset of like, I know I'm going to play with rookies. I got to actually put the time in with them to have that chemistry for game day. Like you remember last year, he didn't even like go to training camp or none of that shit. He just showed up on week one. He didn't play in the preseason, but he was mad when him and the rookies had no chemistry. It's like, nigga, you haven't been throwing to them the whole summer.
1: He was was doing bullshit. Like, he was coming up with calls and signals for plays, but he wasn't telling them what the signals meant. I'm like, come on, bro. You're doing bullshit with the, that's with the what I'm saying. He throwing the ball too, <laughs> like, and, and we see, like I said, towards the end of the season. Like when I was telling Quincy, like it was like the last six games of the NFL of the, of this past NFL regular season. And I was telling Quincy, I'm like, bro, the Packers are low key on a streak to where if they just keep winning, they might win out and be able to make the playoffs. But why did we have that conversation? Because he finally did what you said, and he said, all right, I just got to get adjusted to this. Otherwise, we're just literally going to suck the whole year. Yes, if he goes to New York with the mindset of, hey, I know they only been in the league for like one or two years for most of these offensive pieces, but I'm going to wrap my arms around them, and we're going to do what we need to do. (laughs) Because you're facing a Belichick defense twice a year, and you're facing the Dolphins who can put up points like it's nothing twice a year. You know, so I I don't know. I, I feel like, the, this, it'll, but this is the thing. A pickup, but what are they gonna do for real? That's the. Question. The Jets,
0: the Jets with Mike White and Zach Wilson at quarterback knocked off the quote unquote best teams in this division. They beat the Bills twice with who at quarterback. They knocked off the. I think they beat Miami once last year. I think they beat the uh the the. Did they beat the Patriots last year? Uh, I want to say they beat the Patriots last year. At least once. once. I think they beat the Patriots once last year. So with no quarterback or with solid quarterback play, you already knocked off the best teams in your division because you had an elite defense. You put an elite quarterback behind them, and if Aaron Rodgers comes in with the right mindset, I think that's going to be a big deal. He has to come in with the right mindset that he wants to really work with these young players and work with these receivers. But if he does, this team is the best team in the division. I'm stamping that. They are the best team in the division if Aaron Rodgers comes to town for sure.
1: I would say the Bills are still the best team in the division, but No, but I mean, I don't know.
0: This is the thing with the Bills, bringing up free agency once again. The Bills are going to lose a lot of players in free agency. Tremaine Edmonds, Jordan Poyer, all of them are poised to be free agents, Poised to be free agents, and uh they're not coming back. And those were key players on that defensive side of the ball and they're losing. So I'm telling you, because the Jets are so young, they are willing to take this big swing with Aaron Rodgers. And if they swing and hit, this can really be knock out in the park type of range. So you're up there in that Bengals uh Kansas City tier if you get Aaron Rodgers. I truly believe that, bro. I truly believe that. He needs to, he needs to come. Because he has no other options, bro. I, I really think his options are jets or retirement. I don't think yeah. Green Bay. I don't think Green Bay wants him back. I think nah, Green they, Bay wants they don't to move want him on. at this point. They that, don't want that's him why they're
1: talking with the Jets yeah. finally. That's that's why they're done coddling Aaron Rodgers and like, mm-hmm. okay, we'll start having conversations with everybody else. Cause this man clearly can't let us know where his mind is. So we're gonna show him where our mind is and let him know we're talking to other people at this point. So
0: yeah. I, and, I, and I truly think the the, the Packers are going to move on with um, Jordan Love. And I think his option is either the Jets or retirement. And I think he's going to pick the Jets. I think he can give you one more great Aaron Rodgers year. And I think the Jets could end up taking advantage of that, bro. I really do. All right. And moving on to NCAA basketball. First thing I got on the docket is Jim Boeheim retires from Syracuse after 47 years. So the uh, Syracuse was in the ACC tournament today. They ended up losing to. Damn, I forgot who they lost to. I'm blanking. But they ended up losing in the ACC tournament. But after mm-hmm. the the game during the post-game, uh, post uh, game post post game conference, Beham basically uh, announced his retirement. After 47 years, he is a one time NCAA champion. So many Coach of the Years. I think he's second in all time wins. So definitely shout-out to Jim Boeheim for just being one of those coaches. And we talked about it last year about, like, the Blue Bloods, how everybody's starting to transition out. Like, the -hmm. the Coach K's, the Jim Boeheims. Roy Williams just got out of there a couple of years ago. Like, the faces that we grew up watching and were the mainstays in college basketball are no longer there. Like, it's going to be weird to see Syracuse without – Jim Boeheim on the sideline. It's still weird to see Duke without Coach K. That shit is so weird. Yeah, I was
1: about to say it's so weird not seeing Coach K, like not seeing his face pop up on the TL and whatnot. So uh, I wonder, because Syracuse, at least over the last six, seven years anyway, they haven't been as big as Duke in North Carolina. So I'm wondering if this will hurt their recruitment. I know with Duke and NC, it's like, your Duke and NC, yes, the coaches that we have grown to love are gone and who have built the legacy, but the brand is still there. The rivalry is still there, and the eyes and the scouts still pick the best of the best. But with Syracuse, it felt like Beheim was it, – it was Bayheim or nothing else. That was the only reason he was going to Syracuse, at least within the last decade. So I'm wondering how this will affect their recruitment process. So it, it'll be interesting to see.
0: And sometimes I think the coach leaves the the school in a good position. Like I I see Duke, it's like they're still like number one recruiting class every year, even after uh, Coach K left with – now they're with John Shire. I don't think Syracuse ever had like the top recruits. Or you could talk about 2003 when they had uh, Mello. But like over these past like five years, they haven't really been bringing in the top recruits anyway so it's yeah. like they're going to continue to bring in, like, the four stars, the three stars. Like, you never see Syracuse in, like, that top ten on recruiting class rankings. That's never their MO. They usually get deep in the playoffs because of, like, the system. Like, the 2-3 zone usually works in the playoffs because teams don't make shots. That's usually yeah. why they get far. It's usually never because they have, like, high-level playmakers, like, in this yeah. past, like, six to seven years. So I, I don't know if it will really hurt it big time. But moving on to March Madness, it has begun. The uh, yeah. uh, the conference tournaments are, are are already starting. Like I said, the ACC tournament started uh, last night. Then we have the uh, NCAA tournament will start next week. Selection Sunday is this weekend, and I honestly don't know what to expect. <laughs> to I, have no idea you, yes. I have no <laughs> idea what to expect, man. I've been watching college basketball a little closer the past couple of weeks. Just trying to get a feel of what everybody looks like going into like who's the hottest teams that type of stuff, but I still don't know what I'm looking at, man. I truly don't. I, I like I don't Alabama, and that's it.
1: <laughs> um, if I had to pick a a Cinderella team, quote unquote, uh, I've heard I'll go with your Creighton pick because you was heavy on Creighton. I think like Crayton way use. at the beginning. Of
0: yeah, in the, the beginning of the season
1: they look good. Yeah, man. the beginning of the season, and I heard St. Mary's, California. I've heard they've been um. Given some upsets here and there. They've been they've been proven to be great down the stretch, all the way leading up to this match madness, March Madness moment. So I would say those two teams could be like Cinderella teams to watch out for. Uh, but I'm sticking with Texas to win it all or at least be in the final four. I ain't gonna cop out now. But Texas, Alabama, Kansas, and Purdue, those are four teams that I think have a chance to to win it all. Uh, But, yeah, March Madness selection of Sunday is at 12 at 6 p.m. Eastern.
0: I have – I like Miami, bro. I think Miami has a good team Miami. that's been flying under the radar this year. I think they're one of the top teams in the ACC, too. And they've been consistently good throughout the season. And that's something that people haven't been talking about. Like, this is really a down year for the ACC. Like, Duke it isn't is. crazy. North Carolina probably won't even make the NCAA tournament. Like, it's been a real down year for the ACC. Especially when you expect dominance out of that conference every year. But I think Miami will really show out during the the playoff time or during the conference or NCAA tournament time. Isaiah Wong, Jordan Miller. I think they have the guard play to really be dominant come uh come playoff time too. I like mm-hmm. Miami. I like Alabama. Arizona is a team that I want to like. I truly want to like Arizona with uh Kreisa Kerr and with uh Balo and all them boys, but I don't know. I just something about Arizona. <clears throat>
1: Arizona been pissing me off the last couple of weeks.
0: <laughs> I, I don't know, man. I like Arizona, though. I truly do. UCLA was going to be another team that I was going to come in here and say, like, I really like them going into the playoffs or to mm-hmm. going into March Madness. But their defensive player of the year, Jalen Clark, just got hurt this past week. He hurt his Achilles. So now he's out for the season, and that's a huge injury. So they still have, like, the mainstays of, like, the uh, Jaime Jaquez, Tiger Campbell. They're still there, but Jalen Clark was having one hell of a season this year, and they were really relying on their starters throughout this season. So that is a big blow to their chances come playoff time, bro. So that, that really hurt them. And uh, so Alabama, Arizona, And then Miami, probably my three teams I'm looking at going into the tournament. Mm. Three contenders. But a Cinderella's, I would look out for UAB. UAB is just a team I look out for every year because of Jordan Walker, Jelly Walker. I said it last year, but I truly believe he's going to make a run this year, especially with so much uncertainty coming during this March Madness time. He's going to win a couple of games in the NCAA tournament this year. I really believe that. I think they're going to be like another 12 seed if they win their conference tournament. It's still not a for sure thing that they're even going to make the tournament. But I believe in him so much that he's going to get them to the NCAA tournament. And when they get there, they're going to win and start to shock some people. They're going to get pretty close. So that'll be my Cinderella pick for this year. And moving on to social media wants to know. What I got on the docket is, can Drake really retire, man? So, I was watching the Rory and Maul podcast and they were having this conversation and they were saying that like over the past couple of weeks, we've been hearing that Drake has been talking in interviews about retirement. Cole during a song was talking about retirement. Uh, During Kendrick's last album, he was talking about how he's choosing him and how he's starting to transition out of the game. Even though he's starting his own label, him as an artist is starting to dwindle now. So like the three mainstays of this, this era are starting to leave. And, but we have nobody else to really pick up the slack. Like, we have no real superstar to replace them now. And that's why they were talking about, can Drake really retire? Because at, for a long period, or not a long period of time, but over the past three to four years, people were thinking that Little Baby was going to pick up the title and be like the super, superstar of like this next era now. But after this last album, people are starting to question. You can like or love the, or like or hate the last album, But a lot of people have started to question like, oh, he sounds the same. There's no versatility. He's not a worldwide superstar like a Drake is, like a Cole is, like a Kendrick is. So it's like, can these big stars really retire when there's nobody to really pass the torch to?
1: I believe um, not just Drake, but I think all three of them. They can retire, bro. They're all in their mid-30s. Like, they're all to the point to where it's like they've given us so much. And time flies, bro. Like, time really – like, when Drake came out, like, mixtape Drake hit the streets for real. Like, what, 08? And then we got So Far Gone in 09. And then since then, we've, we've gotten um classics. You know, Kendra Lamar, from the moment he came into the game, classics. Cold with Friday Night Lights all the way to now classics like we've gotten a decade plus them the 12 13 years in totality for each of these people to where it's like bro it's not on them to figure out but who's this gonna is, pick up the mantle no, and pick but up this the is slack. the point if they're ready to go they're ready to go
0: this is the point they can they can feel like that because usually everybody usually has their run and then you start decline or you just leave the game but they are saying they were saying like in the terms of like hip-hop history We've never been left in a place of uncertainty. There's always been somebody you can pass the, the torch on to. When we mm-hmm. were in the 2000s, you had 50 sit, you had Jay-Z, you had Nelly, Ellen, boys, Luda was knocking the streets. Lil Wayne, uh, yeah, killing the streets. About Kanye, everybody was killing the streets, right? Then, but then when their career started to dwindle down, we had somebody who we could pass the torch to. We had Drake, we had Nikki, we had Future, we had Cole, we had Kendrick. So, oh, you were passing passing on to some superstars. Cool. Throughout all of the years of hip-hop, we've always had a passing of the torch, but now we're left in the moment of uncertainty where we have nobody to pass the torch on to. Yes, it's just just life that they're ready to pass on the torch, meaning those three artists, but we're just left in a weird place in hip-hop where we have nobody to truly pass it on to. It's like you can make an argument for so many people. But they're honestly not on that level. There, there's of those nobody three
1: people. of that level. I yeah. I honestly think I think Lil Baby is at that level. Obviously, he's still a tier under. I think he's still a tier under the people we're naming as far as like legendary, like because we knew these people were legends in the middle of their careers for real. And I think Lil Baby he he's on that legendary path right now in the middle of his career. But that last album. There was a lot of eyebrows raised for real, cause I think my turn was his first like official album, so your follow up was not that great in turn. Terms... Your your classic album, nothing will ever top your classic album. Like I think with Kendrick to pimp a butterfly, that may always still be everybody's favorite. With J. Cole, 2014, for Hills Drop, that may be everybody's favorite. Nobody will ever put anything over that. With Drake, Take Care. Take Care is the gold standard for his catalog. So with Lil Baby, that's my turn. Like, my turn, like, I don't think he'll drop anything harder than that. But the fact that your second album wasn't even really close to that, I, you got the sales you got and you're getting the hype that you're getting because you're a little baby. You're a superstar. And everybody just wants music so bad from you right now. But in terms of which project was better, I don't think it's close. When Wayne dropped the Carter and it took off the way it did, he came back damn near even harder with the Carter 2. The Carter 2, in my opinion, is one of the best rap albums of all time. There were so many classics on there to where it's like, okay, He could be consistent with this. This ain't hot boy Wayne to where it's like, okay, if he ain't hitting, we got Juvie and BG and all. No, he set his own trailblazing career, and I know Lil Baby is like the closest thing superstar-wise with rap that we've had to Wayne, but I do agree, outside of him, who else is there? Like, there's never really just been one person and then everybody else is at Melee. It's like, no, we usually have a good two to three people that we can look at, like, okay, these people are running it. Because Lil Yachty, Lil Yachty making alternative music and shit. He ain't even focused <laughs> on rap no more. NBA <laughs> yeah, yeah, Youngboy, yeah. who had potential, NBA Youngboy has gotten to that point in his career. He's he dropping down. too much. Yeah, he's yeah, watered yeah. down. He's dropping yeah. way too much music. And he's not even a superstar anymore. He's like c list celebrity at this point. Kodak mm-hmm. had potential, but he's turned himself into a C-list celebrity with just going to jail too damn much, you mm-hmm. know. So everybody who did have potential, they've dropped in superstardom to where they can't do what you're saying.
0: Yeah, and and that's the thing that we're just at an unprecedented unprecedented time in hip hop where we have never seen nobody to pass the torch on to. But is it just this era of music how how we can like somebody the next day and then like the next? Year, oh yeah, that, that plays a him. part
1: in it too. That, that, that plays,
0: plays a part in it too. Like just for, like mm-hmm. the little baby, for example, like the baby was on top of the world when he was dropping a uh, bopping all them hits, and then the next year nobody's even talking about him. Like it's a but lot of incidents those
1: that happened with him too, though. There for, for sure. But it,
0: even when it came to the music, the music still wasn't even the, wasn't even the same. You can have those incidents, but if the music hitting niggas overlooking the bad. Oh yeah, that's
1: true. That's true.
0: So like the music wasn't hitting the same. So it's just we're just it's just weird, bro. The era of music that we're in.
1: And we're not saying for all of y'all who are listening me and Quincy, we we love rap. So don't think that we just don't understand there are still great artists out here. There are plenty of great Quincy just went to see Jid the other day. We think Jid is a great lyricist, a great rapper. You got boss with um with J. Cole and and whatnot. We, We understand there are shit even with the females. I love Meg. I think Meg, since Nicki Minaj, in total honesty, Meg is the best female rapper we have had for real when it comes to the full persona of a superstar female rapper. So I think the rap game is in good hands in terms of quality rap music. But when it comes to the superstar caliber of, no, this is really the face of hip-hop, I totally understand what Quincy is asking because it takes a special somebody. It takes a special something to make you that caliber of an artist to where it's not just the lyrics but it's the cadence it's the fact that you have an undeniable legendary unique thing about yourself with Nicki minaj she was she's different than anything we've ever seen you know with drake you're light skinned from Canada and you're half Jewish. Like, not half Jewish, but you're Jewish and you're you're half Canadian and whatnot. So it's like, God damn, like we didn't expect you to be anything or what you and you're singing on half of your fucking tracks. So it, it's just so much shit to where I don't know other than Lil' Baby who has all of those ingredients mixed together. So
0: And, and what I'm looking for too when I talk about this is like like with Cole, Kendrick, Drake, when they drop an album, the world stops. The world stops. Bro. The world stops, bro. And we have nobody in this new era that the world stops. The world when ain't they stopping. Dropping, for it, bro. The world ain't stopping when they're dropping music, dog. It's not even when these three artists drop now, even when they're at the back end of their careers, the world still stops. But we have nobody in this new era where the world stops. Like, I still haven't fully listened to Lil Baby's album, I fully haven't. Like, he's just not that type of artist to me. Like, man, isn't that type of artist to me? Like, we have no superstars where I'm just stopping everything. And it's like, damn, I got to listen to this person. There's nobody in the game like that now. We had that for the entire time of hip-hop. We've had that somebody. Even if you didn't like everybody, you had somebody for you. Now it's like, damn, where do we go?
1: Drake put certified Lover Boy back two hours I promise y'all niggas was still up at 2 a.m. to listen to Certified <laughs> Lover Boy. Like, we, we're we not, I don't know if we got artists like that anymore right now, bro. No, even Kanye. No. Like, Kanye, when he dropped mm-hmm. Donda, like, we stayed up for that. Like, I don't know if it, I have, not I don't remember the last time I stayed up. Shit, Her loss. That was the last album I stayed up for, for real. I, I haven't stayed up for an album for real since Her loss, And even before that, I don't even remember the last album I did that for. Like, I exactly I don't. i I wait till the next day. I'll be like, all right, I'll just wait. Like, I don't have that hunger to listen to niggas like that for real.
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: We're we're at that age now, bro, where we got to admit it. Like, we kind of have an old head mentality with a lot of shit. Because we're the... We're the age of the rappers who are hot now. So that's mm-hmm. why we're having these questions. You a I I bring in somebody in here right now, who's 17, 18. They finna name me a list of people that they're like, yeah, this is
0: this, niggas this, talking this, about this. yeet and all them niggas. Yeah. yeah. Like
1: mm-hmm. and we're going to look like, what the fuck are y'all talking about? Like yeah. who are these <laughs> people? either we're either going to say, who are these people? Or we're just going to automatically say no. But mm-hmm. we're at that age now where like, we, we're not, our viewpoint of who the hottest rappers are is not the same anymore. Like, mm-hmm. people like people who are in high school now or middle school, they look at Drake, J. Cole, and Kendrick, they look at them like like how we look at Jay-Z. Oh, the niggas, yeah. They, bro, they, these kids, they probably looking at Jay-Z like, oh, he just owns a record label. They uh-huh. don't know what who Jay-Z is for real. Like, and I think that's what, that's what we have to understand now. Lil Baby is damn near 30. Like, and we're, Shit, we're at the halfway point in our 20s to where in a couple more years, we gonna be pushing 30. So it's like, mm-hmm. who we think is the hottest out, it ain't us no more, bro. It's not up to us to mm-hmm. figure it out. Even if we disagree, we could totally disagree with what the younger people are saying, but we gotta listen to them now on who they're saying no. Y'all gotta listen to this person. Y'all gotta listen to this. This who really finna be up next. Because we don't know. <laughs> it ain't. It, it's a young man's game at this point. It's always been a young man's game. Shit, when Snoop Dogg came out, People were shitting on Snoop Dogg because of the way he sounded. When T-Pain came out, and we, we was listening to T-Pain when we was kids, like Snoop Dogg, Usher, all the OGs were shitting on T-Pain because it's like, bro, you on that computer love shit, bro. Like ain't nobody <laughs> on that. And now what do we look at T-Pain at? We look at T-Pain as one of the best people of his time. So mm-hmm. we, we just don't have the popular opinion anymore at this point.
0: Yeah, that's real shit, bro. That's real shit. But going back to the original question, can Drake retire? No. I
1: yes. He can't. He can't. He can't totally retire, fine.
0: bro. I would be blown if Drake retired. If we get no more Drake albums and I gotta be stuck with these niggas, nah. I'm
1: it, it would hurt, but I would feel so grateful that I got to I got to be in high school during his prime for real. I would be <laughs> I would be totally fine with that, bro. Like with Kendrick. I'm totally fine if Kendrick really says I'm done. If Cole, once Cole dropped the fall off this year, and he done after that, I'm perfectly okay with that. Because I, I got to be around when he was really in his bag for real. Like, I don't expect nothing more than that at this point. So mm-hmm. It hurts.
0: Moving on to entertainment and current events, we got Chris Rock finally speaks.
1: Yeah, so Chris Rock dropped his comedy special on um, what well, he went live on Netflix, actually, Um. a few days ago for a comedy special. And there were several jokes that he did during this special. But the main thing everybody is talking about is him addressing the slap. He addressed the fact um, that Will Smith came up and slapped him at last year's Oscars. And there was a lot of controversy around him discussing this. First off, a lot of people were saying that the stand up wasn't funny or wasn't that funny. I actually
0: two, watched the stand up.
1: I, I didn't watch it fully. I seen clips here and there. I didn't fully sit and watch it. And then, mm. two, people are getting on Chris rock because of the fact he's been, he's been said to be a downer of black women. Like he's been beating on the black women narrative, I guess for the last few years, minimum of his career. And he really Mm. got on Jada in this special calling her a bitch, this down the third. But I'm like, on one hand I get it because Chris rock has done some, I I don't like always saying this, but Chris rock has done some cool stuff in his day, but I ain't too mad at him for this special, cause it's like bruh got slapped. He got the right to say whatever the hell he wanna say at this point. So
0: Nah. nah and I actually watched the, the special yesterday while I was getting my hair done and uh it was funnier than I expected. I heard so many people shitting on it where I was like, damn, mm-hmm. I was expecting this not to laugh at all. But he has some good bits throughout that shit, so I'm not mad at it. Um he, he really didn't talk about Jada the whole time. He only had, like, the Yeah, he last... only had a
1: few seconds where he really yeah, talked Yeah, like,
0: only, it was only a few seconds where he called her a bitch, where it felt like it was a little too far, but it was just like... it. He, called, Whit- he called
1: Will a bitch ten times and called Jada a bitch once, and then the yeah. TL got on fire after that.
0: <laughs> <so>. <laughs> and that shit was a little excessive when he was saying yeah, that bitch, the bitch, that shit was a little excessive, but it made sense. He didn't say anything wrong in that special. Like, I feel like it was nothing wrong with he said. He called uh, Will Smith a bitch-ass nigga. He said, Will Smith, he said I wasn't the the reason Will Smith slapped me. He said he was just saying like the accumulation of people getting on Jada over the years, Which is it true. was just it was just wearing on him with the uh, the fact that he was getting ridiculed for that whole entanglement uh, August Alcina situation. He was saying all of that was built up for him to slap him. It wasn't about me that night. It was bigger than that. So he said nothing wrong. He called Will Smith a bitch ass nigga, but that was really it. I heard it's a lot like- of people questioning him about a nigga, are you a bitch ass nigga for not hitting yeah, him? Yeah, I was just gonna say so. yep, <laughs> there was a lot of people questioning like, okay, if a bitch ass nigga slap you, what does that make you if you don't hit him back? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And I was like, well, it's a good, it's a good point, but I understand why Chris did it, bro, on that type of stage though. Like on that type of stage, it's so it's not much that you can do without embarrassing yourself more.
1: You know I would have embarrassed the whole black community that night. Yeah, bro. like
0: cause, because think about it, bro. Think about if Chris Rock, like think, let's play this scenario out. Let's play this scenario out. If Chris Rock, Chris Rock gets slapped, he hits Will Smith back. <laughs> Who's winning that night? Will Smith is obviously winning that fight. It doesn't matter.
1: It yeah. doesn't matter. You're, you're just embarrassing shit. I'm embarrassing the whole black community that night. We would have no, been rolling bro. on the floor, wrestling, punching each other. We would have ah, been going. Bro. They would have had to, you know how to own um, the color bars pop up on the TV when it's like, Beep. yeah. Like they would have yeah. had to do that. They would have had to do that, bro. It but like I said, beat. that's
0: just that's just embarrassing him more more so than what he's doing now. Than like like make, just taking advantage and like milking this mm-hmm. situation for profit. I got slapped, but now I'm making money off you for, from this slap because now I'm making millions off this tour or whatever. I'm making millions off this Netflix special. So it's like he's paying back Will in that way. It's like, yeah, I'm getting you yeah, off yeah. for of this shit. Nigga. You can't hit me now, nigga. I'm making money off you. Because like I said, if we, if he would have hit Will Smith back that night and they tumbling on the ground, they fight, and Will Smith ends up winning the fight. <laughs> it's like, dog, Chris Rock, you just embarrass yourself even more on the Oscar stage, my nigga, for what? It's like, what are you doing, my nigga? respect.
1: My respect? Huh?
0: No, cause I feel like niggas still respect Chris Rock to this day. It's like, yeah, you got slapped, but niggas ain't looking at Chris Rock like we don't respect you no more. It's like, some people look at him like that, but other am you,
1: bro at twitter you'd be very surprised, nah. <laughs> be very surprised. hey nah. you know they going through they twitter going through his regular um oh, regular degular chris rock has never been funny you know how yeah they always all that. that bullshit yeah like yeah, how they yeah. did with kevin hart kevin hart has never yeah. been funny i don't know what y'all find so laughable about this guy mm-hmm. you know twitter they'd be on a um hypocrisy type shit yeah so.
0: I'm just looking at it from a real point of view when it comes to Chris Rock, man. Like, what could he re- really have done? So I'm, I'm glad he didn't hit him back. I said it during when the, the situation actually happened. I was like, it's not much that he could have done. Like, he ate it, and he moved on from the situation. Now he's making mm-hmm. money off the shit. I think this is the right way to go about it in, a, in Chris Rock's uh, perspective. So uh, I'm not mad at Chris at all. Moving on to Nicki Minaj starting her own record label.
1: Yeah, so according to David Ren- Renshaw from The Fader, Nicki Minaj uh, currently has an unknown named label that is sub- that is a subsidiary of Republic Records. So she's supposed to make a formal announcement soon uh, to the world of what the name of her record label is, but she's starting her own record label and already has four artists. Who will be signed. Uh, I ain't gonna go through the names because I don't I don't think anybody knows who these people are. But she has a songwriter and AR already lined up to be part of the label to help the artist. And she says we will have other genres besides rap. So, yes, rap will be at the forefront because of who Nicki Minaj is and the type of music she has. But she's also going to branch out and have different genres, different races of artists and stuff like that, because she's going to try and show the world, look, not only am I great at the artistry, but I can be great at the executive role. And Nicki Minaj is another person, bro. Nicki Minaj drop supposed to be dropping an album this year. And what if this is it? What if this the last album that we get what if this is the last little bit of music that we will get from nikki bro and then she goes full-blown executive and record label owner that's crazy so that that's another name to add with the kendricks and all of them so i i thought this was an interesting topic because it ain't too many female record label owners and any of them that are they i don't think they're former superstar artists like how Nicki minaj is yeah
0: and i'm surprised to see so many people Not so many people. Well, I guess Kendrick is transitioning into that lane of like being Mm -hmm. a record label owner because I wouldn't think it was that popular. I thought more people were starting to transition to like that independent lifestyle more so than being under a label. So it's weird that we're seeing people like Nikki and Kendrick become label owners now. Maybe because they're so popular, that's a benefit to them. So like the top acts would more so sign on with them because of their resume. Maybe. Maybe.
1: And and they're former artists, so who have been signed to people before and out, so maybe they can give game to the young up-and-comers, like, that wasn't given to them for majority of their career. You know, so Mm. there's always that. So,
0: Mm. Interesting. And moving on, we got Spotify turning into a social entertainment platform.
1: Yeah, so this was big news to me, bro. So apparently, Spotify is and I don't know if it looks like it now, if you go to it now, I don't know if you gotta update the app or whatever, but uh this year Spotify on its homepage it will have a TikTok style of vertical content. So what we know Spotify to be now with which is basically just music and podcasts, it will still be that, but they're changing the structure of the app. So from now on when you click on Spotify on the homepage for music, there will be little clips of um of the music you're listening to like actual visuals to go along with it. And if you go to the podcast section of, um of Spotify, they'll play clips of podcasts as you can, and you can scroll up and see different, you know, clips of podcasts while you're trying to figure out what to listen to. So they're doing this because Spotify wants to expand and be more than just a, um, an app you go to just to listen. They want to keep fans engaged. They want to keep, um, you know, subscribers engaged and not click off. So they really are taking a blueprint from TikTok and they're getting into the vertical content game. And I thought it was interesting because could we see them take a full-blown, you know, a full-blown switch into the social media realm? It'll already be, that's why I put social entertainment. I I see this as a social entertainment platform, but do you think they could go as far as like social media? Mmm
0: This is interesting because Spotify is already for the music, but they also have podcasts as well. So Mm -hmm. you already have two big genres or two big categories on it. If they were to add a social media aspect to this, Spotify could be next up if we're really talking about this shit for real, especially with Twitter getting so old. People are looking for a new outlet besides Twitter now. Uh, Mm -hmm. TikTok is at the height of its peak, but you talk about Facebook is getting old. Twitter is getting old. Instagram is still hot. And TikTok, people who are on the other two, the latter two, are looking for another platform. And I think Spotify could be it if they were to break into it. I don't know if they're trying to, though. I think this is all about the YouTube, TikTok type of format. But if they were to break into the social media realm, I think this would be dope. And nobody would ever leave their app if this was actually to break into social media.
1: Because I think they're already they're breaking plain by adding the visual aspect of podcasts. Mm-hmm. If you if you go right now, you know it's just, they had
0: that for a minute though.
1: What the, the visual clips? Yeah, they, wow. yeah, they oh, had that for okay. a minute. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I, I think it's just the vertical aspect that they're Yeah, it's the add vertical to. aspect. Mm-hmm. Okay, so yeah. I, I think they can really segue into social media for real if they wanted to. I don't know if it'll help them that much as far as brand wise. They would probably have to completely reshape the mission of their brand. But I, I think it's possible. I thought this was really interesting.
0: This is crazy. This is how you go to the next level, man. Shout out to Spotify. Because Spotify is already a huge conglomerate now with just being like a music and podcast. But this is next level.
1: And um, according to David Pierce from The Verge, it also says right here, I'll I'll just read this paragraph really quick. Um, going forward, when you open Spotify, you'll see a bunch of album and playlist covers at the top. But underneath, you might see an auto playing video podcast, which you can jump into with a tap like Quincy was just saying, or you might see a big Instagram style photo meant to tell you a little more about a playlist you might like. At the top, if you tap on music or podcasts and shows, you'll be taken to a vertically scrolling feed that looks a lot more like Instagram stories or TikTok than the Spotify you're used to, dedicated to just the section of Spotify that you click. So they're going to have pictures too. Yeah. So that's what I'm Ooh. saying. Like, And if you're able to comment, like, all they got to do is add comments, add comments Yeah. So that's so Because sweet. if you're yeah, a podcast,
0: right. you you can post pictures now. You have a story option now. If you're a podcast, yep. Or if you're an artist, you can post stories onto your Spotify. Oh damn, that's dope. So really, all you have to do is add comments, yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. And, DMs, Spotify comments and DM. Spotify might have just did
0: something with this, though, bro. Spotify might have just did something with this,
1: dog. Yeah. This
0: is dope as fuck. This hey, is
1: was, dope. Was Elon Musk? On the wrong platform this whole time.
0: <laughs> yeah, ain't nobody going to Twitter for music. So yeah, he definitely picked the wrong one, bro.
1: That's crazy.
0: New design is part TikTok, part Instagram, part YouTube. Wow, that's different, bro. See, now it this is. is something that you have to be on the 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 like the the pioneering like or uh, pioneering path with. Like, you had to be one of the first ones to you really take advantage. And hey, you have to jump on this immediately, bro, because so yeah. many people, when they find out about this, it's going to immediately just, boom, like, oh, we got to do something. You see how TikTok blew up and how fast that shit got to that point? Nobody mm-hmm. was truly believing, it then, believing in it. But Spotify is a proven commodity that they're adding to their their business and they're evolving with the times, bro. This is something that you have to jump on immediately, bro. Something that we have to jump on immediately because this is some new dope shit for sure. I
1: mm-hmm. fuck with it.
0: I like it. Damn. Shout out to Spotify, man. This is how you keep the business, bro. This for is sure. how you keep the business. <laughs> All right. And then moving on to the next topic, we have Metro Boomin sells a portion of his catalog for $70 million. So we've already talked about it before. Timberlake, Future, Bieber, Bieber. sell their uh, their uh catalog for Millions on millions. But we see now Metro Boomin is just another one to that, uh, to that category. He sells a portion of his catalog for $70 million. We see, I think Future was the last one selling his for $70 million as well. So it, it's getting, I just don't know what's the norm. I don't know why it's becoming so normal now is what I want to say. I said it last time when the Future had did it. Like maybe it's because they want to see their money earlier instead of waiting later. But I don't know. It's becoming such a normal thing now. I don't know. I think it's dope.
1: Yeah, I think it's dope too. Um, congrats to Metro Boomin. Like, because I don't think we've heard of a producer for real, like doing mm-hmm. this. Um, I'm I'm sure Timberlake and the rest. Of them, I'm I'm sure they have their, they got their little bag where they produce here and there. But Metro Boomin is just a straight up producer and music engineer. So the fact that he's on the level of getting the same type of money as Future and this person and this person, that just shows you one how legendary this dude is and the run Mm -hmm. that he's had in hip hop. And then two, you know, producer other, this can influence other producers to do the same. Like, cause what if, what if Timberland decide to sell his Mm cat? Timberland got so many, he probably might touch 200 M's if we being honest. Like, but then again, we don't know how much this music shit worth, cause we said I said, <laughs> damn, Justin Timberlake could've got half a bill and he he got way lower than what I thought. But there mm-hmm. there are other producers and engineers that could do the same now that met now that Metro Boomin has tested the waters and kind of set the market. And it says he only sold a portion. He didn't even sell his whole catalog. He sold a portion for 70. So I, I think it's cool. It's trailblazing for sure. He got a lot of hits.
0: Like all of his music that he's had. I mean, like he has collab albums yeah. with uh uh Offset and Future. I mean
1: Offset and 21,
0: like you had the what he just dropped. He had all those man. artists with Young Thug to Future to Travis Scott. Like he's had so many hits with so many of the biggest artists in the world where it's like he has his name attached to all Drake of Drake and so
1: Future. Like, Drake
0: and Future. Like all of that is Metro Booming, man. So he collecting all, all of that. And moving on to movie and show news, I got a few topics for this week. Mm -hmm. I got Jonathan Majors has already set up his next role. He will star in The Understudy with Spike Lee and talks to direct. The film will follow a story of life imitating art when the understudy of a Broadway production finds a role he's willing to kill for. Mm. and we're starting to see that that star of Jonathan Majors really increase over the time. Like, we've seen him start off with uh, the Lovecraft Country on HBO, and he's been ascending ever since. He's came. Now, he was just in Creed, where Michael B. Jordan one of the biggest stars. That had a great first weekend. Now, he's about to be in a Spike Lee production. We're, we're seeing a Denzel-level track from Jonathan Majors right now, bro, and I love what I'm seeing.
1: I do too, and guess what else he finna be in? They just announced it on Twitter. What? He finna play Dennis Rodman in a movie called Forty Eight Hours in Vegas, where he's he's gonna be Dennis Rodman during that two two day period when he asked the Bulls organization to let me take a break for a minute. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That shit gonna be funny as hell. By the way, that shit gonna be funny because I want to see how Michael Jordan acted when they when they said Rodman wasn't coming yet. Nah, that's fire. you got your boy Jonathan Majors, man. He finna be in a Spike Lee joint. He finna be playing Dennis Rodman. Like Quincy said, he's played Kang. He's played Tick in Lovecraft Country. He's played um Dame in uh Creed 3. Like he he just did a um a naval aviator movie too. I can't think Devotion. of the name at the moment. Devo- he just did Devotion. My dad mm. said that movie was The one was great.
0: in Idris- the one with Idris Elba on Netflix. Oh yeah, the ooh, the harder they fall, the harder oh they fall. God. You know what Johnny, I'm
1: saying? He on that tear, bro. He's on that tear right now. And
0: I was telling my moms the other day, bro. Like he's just not another black, black actor that's coming up in the game right now. Like he's on a Denzel level track, and I don't think I'm exaggerating when I say a Denzel level track. I think he can be the artist that really takes over and is number one for a 20 year span. All I right, think we- he's that. I think he's that good. I think he's that good.
1: When people people are kind of shitting on that right now because they're like, no, he ain't Denzel, he ain't nowhere near Denzel. Like, no, y'all have to really understand what we're saying. We're not saying he's on a Denzel type of path in terms of like the legendary stuff he's making. Because yes, Denzel has more legendary movies. When this is still the beginning of his career too. Yeah, but yeah, this is still the beginning of his career. But we're talking about just taking over the industry as one of the lead actors in Hollywood. Like, that's what Quincy is saying. And that's what we're saying when it comes to the Denzel point of, like, this is somebody you're seeing in everything. And I'm going to tell y'all right now, he got more range than Denzel. Oh, he does. Really?
0: I told my mom's that shit. He got he way got more, more range. range. Than he got way more range, bro. When you watch Jonathan Majors in any
1: movie, he turns into that character, bro. I, I ain't going to lie to y'all. And this was a conversation with Will Smith, too. Like, we had a conversation, me and my brother, we had a conversation of who's the better actor, Will Smith or Denzel. And I said, Will Smith got more range. You could say Denzel the better actor or got better movies, but Will Smith got more range. Jamie yeah. Foxx got more range. Oh, like, for sure, being real. And Denzel is Andrews, Denzel in every he got movie. More range.
0: Yeah. yeah, Denzel is Denzel in every movie, but he's just in different situations while mm-hmm. being Denzel. But he's Denzel, though. Like, but I think Will Smith does have more range, but I still would take Denzel over Will.
1: S- but Jonathan Majors has too. way more range. Samuel Jackson, the same person, damn near every movie. But oh, oh okay, I
0: thought you said that it's, Yeah,
1: it's flawless. It's flawless every time. Shit. Yeah, No, so. <laughs> <laughs> <Nah>, for sure, <laughs> for sure. I fuck with it.
0: Yeah, but I th- I agree with you, bro. Jonathan Majors is on another level. He has more range, dog, for sure. And I know it showed up on Creed. I'm watching. I'm going to see Creed tomorrow. I know it. I know it showed up on screen too. Because mm-hmm. him and Michael B. Jordan, it's a huge gap. It's a huge gap. I know. Hey, it you,
1: <laughs> how you like Creed 2 Since since we talked about it. you, like Creed too?
0: Oh, I fuck with Creed too. I didn't yes, I like. It, I think I think Creed one was better. But I like the premise of Creed 2 because they brought in like Drago and all of them. So I fucked which, Creed 2. Um,
1: which training montage did you like better?
0: I like Creed 1.
1: You I, like Creed? Nah, the, the Creed 2 training montage was different. Oh, when you talking about when they went was to in the, the desert, desert? The desert? Yeah, the desert. Shit went okay, crazy. yeah, yeah, yeah. Now that, that, that was tough. That was tough.
0: That was tough. That was tough. The thing about these movies, dog, I didn't think they were gonna be as emotional as mm-hmm. I've got during the films. Like, I'm watching them on the plane, and I'm like, why am I about to tear up while watching this shit? Like, it's tough. Like, I've never felt like that during Rocky movies. You feel me? Like, yeah. but since it's a black man overcoming the odds, it's just like, damn. But I think the Rocky movies add to Creed's movies. Like, you have to yeah. watch the first, at least the first few Rocky movies to understand how his dad died. Like, his dad died in the ring. Like, even though they showed the flashbacks, seeing it in the Rocky movie and then watching Creed is like, damn. This nigga really grew up without a father because of that bullshit. Yep. And then you get the creed too, and it's like, damn, he gotta go through it. Now he gotta fight the nigga's son who killed his daddy. Like, that's a dope ass plot point, bro. I ain't and then gonna lie. You damn near die too. And then like, you damn- come, come on, bro. <laughs> I was about to cry a few times during those two films, dog. It was way more hard-hitting films than I thought, bro.
1: You, you're going to like the third one. You're going to like the third one yeah. for sure. And and let me say, because we're going to do a review on it, but let me say this. Michael B. Jordan, congratulations, bro. That's a hell of a way to start your directorial career. Like, for mm-hmm. that to be the first movie that you direct, you're going to like that shit, bro. I'm telling you right All now. Right are, I, don't, I don't know where you're going to rank it, because you I don't think there's a wrong answer with how you rank any of them. I don't know where mm-hmm. you're going to rank it, but you're going to like it. you definitely going to like it. That's
0: a bet. That's a bet. Moving on to some more movie and uh, show news type of news. We have Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. The Mutant Mayhem trailer yeah. was released this past week, and that will be releasing that. on August 4th. Barry Season 4, if you guys watch that on HBO, the final season for that will be released to go April 16th, and I would advise to watch it because that show is fire. I watched the first three seasons. It's about Where's a dude. It's about um a hitman who becomes an actor in L.A. But he's trying to battle oh, like the double life of being a hitman. I think and I've an seen actor. something
1: about that. I yeah, think yeah
0: I think I told you about that. this shit before. Like it's it's a dope ass premise for sure. Mm. But the fourth season, the end of season three was crazy though. The end of season three is crazy. So season four finna be dope. And also, Ultron will return in Armor Wars, which mm. will release in two years. So Ultron will be coming back for you guys who are into that. He had an Age of Ultron movie. So many people thought that he could be dead, but he will be coming back in a couple of years. So definitely shout out to that. But yeah, that is everything for Movie and Show News. And now let's move on to Pastor the Ox.
1: Uh, yeah, I got, uh, from our first song, I got Lil Wayne, Can't Nobody featuring DMX. Wayne, Wayne was upset about that billboard list, and this was his response to that. When Lil Wayne seen he was number seven, On the best rappers of all time list That man said don't worry about it All I need is a beat with a DMX sample And he went crazy So Lil Wayne Mm. can't nobody He had to show y'all niggas Like why he can make a song called The Best Rapper Alive And nobody questions it And then (laughs) my second song Nicki Minaj, Red Ruby the Sleeves." That queen went off She had to come out as well And let y'all know I be going hibernating here and there But when I come back out Y'all know what time it is. So the fact that we're getting Drake talking about retirement, we're going to get possibly get the Carter Six this year, maybe get Nicki's last album this year. The Young Money three-headed monster is probably coming to an end, y'all. So soak all this in. Soak all of this in.
0: No, for sure. Uh, The song uh, song of the week, I have My President by Jeezy. That shit will forever be fire. Classic. And then Okra by Nudie. Mm. and let's move on to movie and show reviews man what we got coming up
1: uh so we got the mid-season review of snowfall coming up in like another week or so so uh we'll review episodes one through five with that and then hopefully we can do every other week for um the remainder of the season eight man three has been recorded we will drop that as soon as we can uh and we got to do glass onion for y'all so those are some of the biggest ones that we have upcoming and Quint- also once we three watches. Yep. once he watches Creed 3, we'll try and get that recorded for y'all and released for y'all as soon as possible.
0: Yes, sir. And we appreciate you guys for listening. And we out. Peace.